why, while I'm at it, might as well masturbate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Ooh! Ooh! That's a new one! <laughs> Hit you right in the giblets, huh? That is, that is a new one. <laughs> and from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Ooh! <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were all practicing our orgasms earlier. <clears throat> uh, we're gonna do sort of an old school Sincast today with, uh, with rants and fantasy castings Whoa, and recommends and warns. We're throwing and, it back. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been a while since we've been able to do something like this. I don't even know the last time we got a chance to do I don't know. anything it, like it's this. It's been a minute, man. It's, it's been since, I believe, uh, the first time that we did a segment of fantasy casting as a segment was episode 104. Okay. And we're now on episode 189. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and we we went on the road trip for a really long time. We had some interviews that broke some of that up and then we did the uh, you know, the brackets and uh yeah. so yeah, it's been a while since we've done that. So, uh who wants to go on a rant? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I'm as mad as hell. You've never seen me very upset. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I'll go first. Yeah. Yeah, rant me, baby. I will preface this by saying first world problems. <laughs> I think most of this shit is, right? It is. It is. And we're talking about movies and we're talking about stuff like that. But mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I saw a trailer for uh, this this really cool show called The Morning Show. All right. It's Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon. And I'm like, wow. And they're all at like this morning show and it's about them kind of like sniping in the inner office politics and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Also has Gugu Mbatha Raw, Billy Crudup, Nestor Carbonell, Mark Duplass. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't wait to watch this show. It's got to be on fucking Netflix or something. No, mm. it's on Apple Plus TV. Mm. Yep. Mm. Is that even a service yet? I don't know. <laughs> I may even have this service. Mm-hmm. But there are two goddamn many streaming services out there. I think when Dave was here uh, last week, he was talking about, like, it's available on Kino. I don't know what oh, the fuck yeah, Kino yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, Crackle and Snorkel and mm-hmm. Blorkle and fucking, yeah. fucking, <laughs> fucking, uh, Jonathan knows all these things, there's too. A, like, there's yeah, yeah, there's got- a streaming service that ends in every iteration of KLE at the end of it. Yes. I don't know what the fuck. And, and, and there are some people that have all this. My parents, through their Roku or whatever it is, they have access to, like, they're like, well, there's this one British show that we like watching that was on from 1962 to 1962 and a half or something yeah. like right. that and it's only available on like you know bungle spunk yeah <laughs> spunk spunk <laughs> tv uh it's like how do you do this how do you and it's like oh well it's only 5.99 a month and stuff like that I'm like god damn it 
and now it's only going to get worse with Disney and fucking CBS and fucking and fucking everything. I'll tell you what, when, tired of when Silicon Valley comes back, if they don't pivot into a streaming service, Pied Piper, by, by the yeah. end of that season, they're missing an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, see that I saw. First of all, I saw that trailer, and I I could do a whole rant about that trailer because. Because nobody's in it. No, it doesn't show me anything. Yeah. And the only reason I can make out anything that's being said is because I turn the captions on. Because mm. they, they overlap each other's dialogue. And you're just trying to tell me this is a serious show. This is a serious show. And you got good talent. Yeah. Maybe it will be serious. But you know what? The Romanoffs had good talent, too. And it poofed. They didn't have this level of talent. This, the bigger news, I think, crazy. is the Disney Plus announcement that they're going to basically roll in Hulu, Disney Plus, and what's the other service? Some of the third service for Spunk. for twelve ninety nine. No, it's a good one. It was like, um, ha! I don't remember what it was, but uh, basically they're going to give you three streaming services for about what the price of Netflix is today. Okay, I don't even know how much Netflix is by the way right now. I don't either because it's still worth it. How long is it before there's a company that could, makes this a whole conglomerate and it's like cable again? Exactly. I was having the exact same thought because. It was so easy. It still is easy for us that have Xfinity or uh, Comcast to literally search in the thing or talk into the remote and say, you know, play me Golden Girls. Mm -hmm. Golden Girls comes up. Maybe you have to pay for it. Maybe it's for free on Mm -hmm. on fucking HBO or Mm -hmm. TCM or something Mm -hmm. like that. But now it's becoming so fragmented that I think... The only solution is going to be them coming back together at well, the end in, in a Comcast-ish sort of way. Well, there's, there's two paths, I think. And w- one path is going to see four or five big ones stay and win, and all the tiny ones die off. Mm. Apple Plus will probably die off just because this is only like the 17th time they've tried to do something <laughs> oh, like this, shit. and they can't make it happen. Uh, the other concern I have is if we don't get back some semblance of net neutrality... M- we don't have to change anything. Comcast can just come to me and go, I'm going to sell you an internet package that gives you Netflix, Disney Plus, and Apple Plus for X dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And they just block me if I don't pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no other access to it. Right. And so, yeah, I think, or- I think you're right. We are headed for some kind of cable situation again. Oh, hang on. When you say that, does that mean that you're saying it won't be available piecemeal? Like Comcast will come in and, and gobble all that stuff up. And if you don't sign up through them, no, I'm saying you wouldn't be able to do this. Removing like, net neutrality, as I understand it, will in the near future allow Comcast, Verizon, any kind of service provider of of internet access to to sell me higher or lower rates based on which sites I want to access. I got you. Basic package gives me Google, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter. I pay five extra bucks a month, I can get access to Netflix. I'm still paying Netflix, probably. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the... It kind of works like that now, right? Because you can access Netflix. We're getting into the the nitty-gritty, but you can access Netflix through Xfinity. Yeah, you can... Yeah, and you can access it through everything now. But, like, what it does, I think think you're... I don't know if your box particularly has... Well, it might, I guess. I guess it's just like any other, like, video game system or whatever, or DVD player that has Netflix on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, for me, the what it what it does for me is 
I see that it, I can put it, I'll search it in Comcast or whatever, and I see that it's on Netflix. Then I just go to what I normally go to for Netflix. And I see, I see. I, I mean, occasionally, yeah, I'll, I'll use the, the app that's on the actual cable box. Right, but right. There's, I mean, you know, you, you like you like using the stuff that you like using. So, like, I oh, it's on Netflix? Okay. And then I just click on to Netflix. And through your TV. Through my TV. Yeah. You know everything has Netflix on it, though. I mean, you can't you can't buy anything that doesn't have Netflix on mm -hmm. it at this point. But uh, so yeah, it's not really it's not like to be really integrated like I'm talking about. It would have to be oh Netflix, and you just click on Netflix, and I think they have it on the guide. You can yeah, actually yeah. go on the yeah. guide and click on it, and then it'll go through all of its stuff. But I. I think true integration is where you click on it and it just goes to Netflix and you don't have to worry about it like loading or anything. It's just there. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know how they do that. Well, but. I don't even know what I would prefer. Like, I don't know what my solution would be. Uh, whatever has me paying the least and bothering with the least. Yeah. I mean, and that's probably how they're going to get you by the short and curlies, right? They're going to say, well, sure, you could have all of these individually. For technically a lower price, but if you pay for a premium, we'll stack all these together, and you can access it through your your magic box or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yeah, you know? and you yeah. still have to pay the cable company for inter internet, right? And you still have to pay the these individually. I mean, yeah, you can pay AT and T, but um, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> why would you do? That? I'm yeah. just I'm just annoyed, and it is interesting to see how this Apple Plus TV is going to go. You know, if they if they've sunk money into a project like this, maybe you know it'll it'll flare out. Well, the the thing is, Apple's such a big company; they flush money like this down the toilet in R and D on the regular. They're just doing R and D with TV now right. instead of like phone designs or what have you. So they'll it, they won't even see any blip on their bottom line if this show fizzles. Mm -hmm. um, but they have a longer way to go than Disney Plus to prove that they can create good content because they're. They haven't been a production studio to date. And no, yeah, they're exactly. going to try and be one. Yeah, they haven't had original content. I, well, I mean, maybe there's something on Apple TV that's that's proprietary to them, but I don't remember any actual like creative content. I don't know why you just don't at this point. You just if you have a show that has the names of Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston and all the why don't you just go to Netflix with it and sell it? Because I know that you want to sell a service, but that's way harder than just selling the show and getting piles of money for yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what the, I, I think everybody hopes that they can come up with a streaming service that everybody uses, but mm. Netflix is almost, is like YouTube at this point, right? You don't really go to like any, you will go to other video streaming sites, but it's not, really for anything you don't go you, you go to vimeo for like that high quality stuff but they do that on youtube too yeah, yeah. uh but uh you know you don't you, you if you if somebody says hey there's this funny thing you should see you go to youtube yeah or hey there's a funny show it's usually on netflix and sometimes it's on amazon plus yeah yeah but like uh you know the it, now that there's a good show on this okay it's gonna have to be more than that just one that one show mm. that gets me on to apple uh apple service right uh, it has to be a, li a lineup of shows they have to have a bunch of content that's, that makes the you know, whatever it is how, how much is it a month do you know 5.99 something like that. i don't know um knowing apple it's probably like a thousand dollars a month <laughs> <laughs> yeah who knows but uh you have to have more than just one show to get people uh hooked on and it's a 
at CBS All Access, what they have, uh, they had the Twilight Zone. They had a they have a Picard thing. Yep. Is that it? There's more, right? I guess Discovery, Star Trek right? Discovery show. Yeah, you gotta have more than that. Yeah, have you have you have to have something that makes it where you constantly use the service mm-hmm. uh, once you're done with a series or whatever. You have to have more than that. Well, here's the other thing, and the last thing I'll say about the the market itself. You could have something like this that I really want to see, the morning show thing with all that talent and everything, but you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot by going up against like a service that has so much other content. Like even if I want to see this show, I've got so much other shit that I've got to watch on Netflix and on Amazon that okay, I can I can do without that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. If you're selling this show, go with the, the the sure bet. Don't go with you doing a whole new service on it. Yeah, because I'm not going to be interested enough. Even if there is a lineup, you have to have a plan here that that is more than well. If this show takes off, we'll make more. Yeah, and uh, you know, to its credit, Disney Plus has a plan. It's got you know this rollout of all the yeah. MCU stuff. That's why that one's going to succeed. Yeah. We all know it is because yeah. every it rolls off the tongue at this point. Right. Everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to get that." Yeah, uh, because they have so much content that's coming out. Of course, they you know they they own all the money in the world, yes, so they, they can do that. You know what I'm tired of though? This is not my rant, but I'm tired of articles like Disney shattering all box office records in 2019 and like they fucking own three-fourths of production yep Mm -hmm. can we let's just make that the headline disney owns everything (laughs) you're making it sound like they've done something from a quality standpoint that has increased the oh we've never seen box office numbers like this yeah yeah well, like they've been a studio this fucking big <laughs> well yeah like they've developed some like amazing original scripts right. that have that have come to the forefront that nobody else <laughs> believed in you know like uh you know when you have marvel star wars and pixar all and your your treasure trove of animated features that you keep turning into live action. Mm-hmm. Just, There's not much work you got to do. I just saw a headline this morning that said that they're uh, they're thinking about a sequel to that live action Aladdin. Hmm. I mean, at this point, aren't all the movies that they that have made over four hundred million dollars? Yeah. yeah, they're ripe for sequels yeah. at this point. Yeah. What a weird thing! A change in strategy. That's a huge change in strategy, though. But because well, no, besides it, not if the strategy is simply rape our own catalog. No, I understand that. But they've been remaking these things, and besides Toy Story and Cars, I guess um, they've avoided sequels to like Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and Lion King and stuff well, like that. Well, they always made them, but they made them straight to video. Yep. Right. 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 Sure. So sure, there's sure. like Return yeah. of Jafar. There were like two sequels to aladdin that went straight to video you know, it was like a timon and pumbaa lion king thing yeah, yeah. and uh yeah they were they they made sequels for sure they just didn't come out with them on a full but you're right scale. the current the last four or five years the strategy has been re- live action remakes of animated classics even so far as like maleficent or whatever counts mm-hmm. in that. well and that's got a sequel coming this fall so. yeah that's true so yeah so i guess i mean they're they're going full board. well and lion king just became the highest Highest grossing animated live action, animated movie ever, even <laughs> though it's live, live action. action. Yeah. Um, and so they probably have we finally have we finally like 
Lion King isn't one of those hot dog as a sandwich things uh, arguments, is it? No, I think everybody, even people who love it, are freely willing to admit it was animated. Okay, good. Because, uh, you know, if anybody wants to tell me that's live action, I'm going to be like, wow, how'd they train those lions <laughs> to look so real, you know, to do all that stuff in the, in the movie? That's mm-hmm. not even a semantic argument that you can even entertain, you know? The, yeah. it, when, before it came out, it was no, an I argument. Know. They were Because people were saying, wait, wait a minute. How do they call this live action? It's clearly animated. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'll tell you who uh, who who does some work. That uh, Johnny Favs. Mm-hmm. How does he sleep? How does he eat so much? Like he's 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 already on season two of the man the Manda Mandahuda Man Mandalorian Mandalorian. Uh, he's like he's writing, he's directing, he's doing the Lion King, he's he's doing a chef show. Guy's crazy. Know. I don't know. He and The Rock have uh, you know. They, they must have somebody just constantly tell him, okay, this is where you got to be. This is where you got to be. This is where yeah. you got to be. This is what you got to do now. This is what you got to do now. Yeah. There's and another he, season of Ballers coming. Can uh, you believe that shit? <laughs> God, have you ever seen that show? I saw I saw the first couple seasons. It's a totally average entourage ripoff. Yeah. But enough people must be, must be watching it. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I have a rant. Yeah. <laughs> I've discovered a paper shredding conspiracy. Yeah. Hmm? So... My wife and I's paper shredder died maybe three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And so ever since then, we have this like big Rubbermaid laundry basket size bin. And we just take any papers that we that have personal information that we need to shred and we throw them in this bin. This has been going on for about three years now. And the bin is indeed overflowing. Mm-hmm. I tried to pick it up. Almost hurt my back. It's time to shred. Right. But if we buy the kind of shredder that we already had, I know for a fact it's going to run for about five minutes and then burn out. Like I'm convincing my wife, we got to get a good shredder. We right. got to go top of the. We got to get a NASA shredder or an NSA shredder. Yeah. So we're like, all right. So we go out to lunch and we're driving by. We see Office Depot. We're like, let's check there for a shredder. So we go in and I start looking. And mo- mostly I'm just looking at continuous run use. Um, what type of shred? Is it cross cut? Is it mini cut? Is it mm-hmm. space age cut? Whatever. Uh, how many pages it can do at once? Party cut, and then, yes, and then whether or not it can do like CDs and credit cards and whatnot, whether it can handle staples or what. I'm going down the line. I'm just like, what? I gotta get one of the good ones. And then I step back and I realize they've got nine scanners here, and they're all the same brand. Scanners or shredders? Scan- shredders, uh-huh. and they're all the same brand. Hmm. Something Avanti or Aventi or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I look around and I look at their printers. They have multiple brands of printers, although they seem to have more brother brand than anything else mm-hmm. but they only have one brand of shredder and i said to my wife i don't trust that <laughs> now i don't know exactly my guess is that it's that brand of shredder is owned in part by the store office right. depot and that this is some sort of store brand like when you go to kroger and you buy private selection organic stuff um <clears throat> so we're like all right well i'm, I'm gonna foil them let's go to best buy mm-hmm. so we drive a half mile down the road we go to best buy we walk in guess what they only sell one brand of shredder, and it's in, it's Insignia. It's a different brand altogether, hmm. and there's seven shredders there, and they're all the same fucking brand. Hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. I don't understand. I never knew this. <laughs> you, you, they sell Apple and Windows computers at Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. They sell multiple brands of fridges and washer dryers. But when you want to buy a shredder, no, you have to buy this one brand. So I ended up going on Amazon. Uh And, of course, they gave me a dozen different brands. And I found an awesome shredder, and it's going to be delivered to my house today. And my wife and I are going to gleefully shred some things. Nice. But my point is, what's going on with the fucking shredders? (laughs) Yeah. And why do the stores that you think of as selling office equipment 
only sell one brand of shredder. And that's really the only like like accessory and, that that is yeah, single owned, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's weird like like if you're a if you're a business, why why the shredders? Like I understand that I understand that the shredder company, even if it's even if it's like Best Buy selling their own shredders, or if it's Office Depot selling their own shredders, um, I don't understand like how that how they would go exclusive like exactly. that, like where they, um, like with with just that, like why not a whole bunch of other stuff too? If that's the case, why shredders? Yeah, yeah. That, you know? if, I think it would make more sense if I went into Office Depot and every item they sold, they only sold one brand. Of. Right, right. But it's only the shredders. Hmm. And I go to Kroger. I can buy Kroger brand Dorito style chips, or yeah. I can buy Doritos. They sell the competitor right there. Yeah. Right. So, so I need somebody who knows, someone who knows who listens to this show. Someone's out there. Who knows what's up with the Shredder conspiracy? Well, what mm. is the conspiracy, though? Is it an individual conspiracy? It's a conspiracy to waste my time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a rant, by the way. <laughs> I'm guessing, I'm guessing maybe even more than store brand, I'm guessing that, okay, let me, let me, let me step out for a second. Do you know, or have you ever heard anybody talk about, like, furniture stores, specifically, like, the fire sale furniture stores where uh-huh. like they'll come into an, an empty building they'll be there for six months they'll have billboards and radio ads move this furniture move mm-hmm. and then they're gone mm-hmm. and then another one with a different name comes that's all a racket right that's all the same people doing the same shit trying to make you think that there's a sale yeah i think there's something like that going on. i think the shredder people mm-hmm. a couple of them had got wise and they went and signed some kind of deal with <laughs> office depot you sell only our shredders and you can have my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Three stout goats. Right. And a picture of me. Some some dowry thing. <laughs> picture of me. <laughs> hey, me. Me is making a comeback, baby. I like meat, actually. It tastes very nice. Um, so I, I'm just saying, somebody out there knows if you have to do it anonymously, protect yourself. But I want to <laughs> know. What, I want to know the answers to the Shredder conspiracy. Mm-hmm. You know what I do? I got a big old chimney in my uh, my backyard. Yeah. And I burn them. Right, I just throw all the sensitive information in there and yep. just torch See, it. When you burn personal information, it gets captured by the internet. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I'm just but kidding. the the punchline to that is that <laughs> uh, it's in the backyard. It's it was basically like in the afternoon on a weekend or something like that. So I was figuring I was offending nobody. Paper creates a lot of smoke, mm-hmm. and my poor neighbor was out on her back porch. Like enjoying the day, reading a book, mm-hmm. and the wind blew it directly, like for fifteen minutes straight, you right, up right her into world. her nice. face. Nice. I, I she's a terrible person, so I felt awesome. I, I felt awkward, but also fine. <laughs> yeah, mm. lit up a cigar to go with him because <laughs> she was clothes. staring me down, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I'm kind of sorry, you but should like, have done fuck a, you. You should have did it naked." <laughs> And they're stoking the fire yeah. naked. I can't control the wind, lady. Yeah. <laughs> while while naked. I can't control the wind. <laughs> um but uh yeah, I have a, a now I have a shredder, I have two shredders. One one was given to me, uh, and it's one that like that like go like it you have to adjust it to go across a trash can or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you put it down. It's not a very good one. Um, and it, and, and the motor like just stops after overheating over like 10 documents or Ooh. something like that. Then I got one that was like freaking awesome. And it's just like, you know, put anything in there. Like a know? wood chipper. You can, yeah. You can, yeah. You can put Steve Buscemi <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, did you see the picture of Steve Buscemi going around as a firefighter back in the 80s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You saw well, he went on 9-11. He went down to his old firehouse and yeah. volunteered yeah. and went back to work. He was a firefighter before he was an actor. You guys had, a, had an interesting career. He sure has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He sure has. Yeah. He's in the incredible Burt Wonderstone. Yes, yes he, he is. is. Uh, you, we should have him on the show. We should. <laughs> That's a, That was an interesting revelation in that uh, Penn Jillette thing was that uh, he said that Teller's favorite movie, ba- favorite magic movie is the incredible Burt Wonderstone. That's, That's awesome. That's hilarious. I was watching part of that the other day. Yeah. See, it's weird. When I first saw it, I saw it at Hollywood 27. Uh, I was like, am I, am I mistaken or is this like pretty good? <laughs> and, and it got horrible reviews. Yeah, dude. And I was like, I don't know, it's kind of good. I like, kind of like it. And mm. then, and then I, I've started over the years hearing that more and more. People are like, I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. You know what's weird in the comments in the Pulp Fiction video that we did? There have been times where people pointed out in the comments where we didn't uh, list the the sin about the bullet holes being oh, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And then almost all of those have a response saying that that's a you know a, a, a well worn trope and that. They're probably overlooking that for a reason. But then there's a ton of comments saying, you guys forgot to point out that Steve Buscemi was in this movie. <laughs> what? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> w- were we supposed to sin it so? or remove a sin because Steve Buscemi was Buddy Holly? Well, you know, we had a sin removal, but we took it we took it away because it was the we had so many oh sin that's removal. right that's right yeah we yeah, had yeah. so many sin removals and ended up taking that one off <laughs> uh and and you know that's what happens sometimes but like it, like they're they're acting like we didn't notice that it was steve fucking buscemi in there yeah and yeah. there's no comments underneath the like replies defending us or saying yeah. like who, who the fuck cares yeah i know i don't understand <laughs> that either why people care that much we, we know it's steve buscemi yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we know yeah uh, my, mine's not much of a rant, although recently, uh, something I've been hearing these songs lately that I think they're putting a fuck in like way too casually. Mm. Now, An actual fuck. I'm not, a, I'm not offended by the word fuck at mm-hmm. all. I, I say fuck probably 600 times a day. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, even when there's no one around, I'm probably <laughs> saying fuck, especially when there's no one, especially around. when no one's around. Uh, I will find ways to, I'll find creative ways to put fuck in all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not offended by the word. I, it's just that when I hear a song, which everything so in a song relies so much on timing and, and like, you know, uh, something that sounds pleasing to the ear and everything. When someone throws that fucking in there, a lot of times it's just really you're. What are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to seem cool with the kids mm-hmm. or something? Because I can throw a fuck in there. I know you know this song. It's a it's a Machine Gun Kelly Travis Barker song. Yeah, I got all those albums. <laughs> <laughs> but it's on Alt Nation. They've been playing oh, this okay. song. And I'm sure I've heard it. Um, and uh, and it, it's called I Think I'm Okay. And uh, and uh, and it's. It's a, there's a point before it gets into, I guess, the chorus or whatever, where the guy's, something's fucking wrong with me. Oh, I've heard this, you know, yeah. and, and it's like, could you, you could have done that without the fucking. Yeah. You could have said something yeah. else here. There's another one earlier on, too, that I'm like, okay, that, that goes along with the flow. Uh-huh. This doesn't at all. Like, it just sounds like you're just throwing it in there. There's another song that played earlier this year, also Travis Barker was a part of um is this the drummer from blink 182 yes yes okay. uh young blood and halsey song and uh and it was called uh, 11 minutes away yeah uh, yeah, yeah 
And there's a there's a part in there where I don't know who it is. It's either Youngblood or Travis Barger. I don't know which one. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not Halsey. But it's like it's like every day I'm fucking be and fucking this and fucking that and blah blah blah. And I'm like Jesus Christ, dude. Calm down. It's okay. <laughs> You're gonna be okay. <laughs> Say the goddamn words. Um, you know who's the worst at this? The worst offender? Yeah. Ariana Grande. Oh yeah. yeah. She is. In fact, I pointed it out in one of the most recent uh MVS uh, videos. It was that boyfriend song. Have you seen the video for this by the by Yeah, now? I think so. Um her first line is I'm a motherfucking train wreck. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And in uh, Thank You Next, mm-hmm. which is getting radio airplay out the ass, right? She's like, Thank You Next. I'm so fucking grateful for my ex. Mm-hmm. And they have to do this weird like editing shit on the radio to be like, I'm so yeah, grateful. Yeah. Like, what? what's the point of that, mm-hmm. Ariana? <laughs> fucking, fucking. I mean, I mean everybody, everybody talks. Everybody, everybody says fuck, like you said, 600 times a day. Mm-hmm. Don't put it in pop songs yeah just and well just randomly like really give, give me give me give me some reason like i want to i want to have an emotional build-up to yes. the fuck right yeah. <laughs> i want i don't want i don't want to have i don't want to have something where it's just like casually like we're in goodfellas or something <laughs> you know like let's just throw a fuck in there that'll be good yep. like i can't you're sitting there writing the song and you're like oh yeah this needs about three fuckings in it <laughs> so the, uh, what is the thing that uh is it who is it it's in uh it's in death proof where uh the girl in the back seat of the the car is yelling at uh, uh the main chick in the who's driving or whatever the 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 uh, dj chick and she says and she says and and she says i wasn't mad and he's like oh no you were mad because you did this and you threw a fucking in there <laughs> <laughs> um it's 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 not a big deal it's not something that i sit here and obsess over okay no i obsess over it because it's when the song comes on i'm sitting there for five minutes going why is that there yep i don't get it yep so yeah it's almost like that joke from uh old school Mm -hmm. it's like become real like where that wedding singer's like, I fucking need you tonight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pop music is thinking we gotta have a fucking in there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Silly. They don't realize that. Yeah, I mean, if that, I mean, it's funny because exactly, it does seem like that's become real. Like, uh, if that is some sort of influence, they've forgotten that that was thrown in for an effect, and yeah. it was thrown in as something that is ridiculous and that you wouldn't do, at, especially at a wedding or whatever. <laughs> My favorite part of that. Is that they're they're slow dancing, and uh, is it uh, it's Perry? Uh, is it Perry Gilpin? No. Is it Ari? Who is Ari's wife in Entourage? Oh, that's uh, it's Perry something. Perry Reeves. Perry Reeves. Yeah, she's playing Will Ferrell's wife, and they're dancing. They're looking into each other's eyes, and he's like, "Every fucking now and then, I fall up." <laughs> they're, they're looking at each other like, "No, it probably didn't happen." <laughs> <laughs> Did I? He now he's in another movie. What, what one is it? That wedding singer does the same bit in another movie. Oh, uh, it's not by the, the Hangover, is it? The Hangover. I think it's the Hangover. Yeah, it's at the Hangover because is it Amy Poehler that's his bitchy wife? No, it's um. Boy, I'm fucking up all the actresses. Uh, it's uh, Rachel Harris. I think. Rachel or, Harris. That's the that's the. Well, no, I mean, there's and a lot of Rachel Harris is the bitchy one that's right. in there, but like, um, they're doing that. What's that song? Um, I want to live forever fame 
fame. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, I want to learn how to fly, fly. And he puts the like the <laughs> his fingers together like he's smoking a joint. <laughs> but uh, I don't know who the, the wife is. The girl who's in, she's in Let Me In. Uh, oh. she's that. She's real pretty. Um, <laughs> she is. It's not Chloe Grace. It's not Chloe Grace. It's the other one that like they spy she's they're spying her room and i know exactly you're talking about yeah. the name is not coming to me i'm 11 minutes away so how does that happen then do you think are those both like produced by oh, they're both directed by todd phillips okay so todd phillips probably knows that guy in yeah. real life yeah, yeah yeah i was i was trying to find sasha barice is her or barice or something Barista. is her name um i don't uh i don't know what the name of the um uh the wedding singer is isn't it like the Dan Band? Oh, it may be. I thought that's what it was. Um, yeah, it's Dan Band. Ah. It's a comedy band created by actor-comedian Dan Fennerty. Um, the band is known for its covers of originally female-performed pop songs and added with added obscenities and swearing. Yeah. Yeah. Good call on that. Yeah, everybody, nobody remembers the last part of The Hangover. You know, everybody right. remembers, like, all the shit that happens and the tiger fucking and all that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, he goes back and they have the wedding scene yeah. scene and all that. And then they, they actually they do get married, camera. right? Yeah. yeah. Because then they go and look through the camera yeah, yeah, yeah. after. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those were, those were, those were some, chew on those rants. That's right. You, you, you give us some information if we're wrong we about any a lot of shit. We covered a lot of ground here. <laughs> Streaming services, shredders and fucks. <laughs> Uh, we need an extra speak- explicit rating on <laughs> yeah, this episode. Speaking of fucking. <laughs> right. We're going to talk about the recasting the movie with a lot of fucking in it. Oh, yes. No stars. No stars. I want Bruce Willis. Not Bruce Willis. No Schwarzenegger. Julia Roberts. This is bad. Bad for movie stars everywhere. By the way, yes, we are going to do an American Pie recasting. It uh, the movie's twenty years old. Yes, it is. I think we would also do a rescripting. I am so <laughs> glad you said that. I'm so glad you. There's some Revenge of the Nerds ickiness in this movie. If we were to do a, a, a shot for shot remake, for instance, I, I would be uncomfortable. It's going to be easy for some of you out there who know American Pie that when we get to the Nadia character mm-hmm. you're gonna be like oh you just want to see her naked mm. and that might be true sure but <laughs> sure but i am not saying that that in fact i would totally rewrite that scene to where nadia is a russian spy or something <laughs> so that there's a reason for her to get kicked out of school right other than oh she was embarrassed because some other asshole put a video stream of her masturbating to the whole school yeah. all right so to recap how this goes down she goes over to Jim's house after school to change or to to get out of her school clothes to go to ballerina school or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Right? And then he sets up a webcam that he thinks is just streaming to a certain place. But they, which in and of itself, not cool. Right. 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 But it's it turns out that it ends up being the whole school. The whole school. I don't know. I don't remember how other people in the school figured this out, though. Right. Including, by the way, the cameo from Blink-182. Yeah. The band members are sitting there. They're watching it as well. Uh, never mind that the girl is supposedly underage doing all of this. Right. And she, okay, so she is getting all worked up because she finds his porn magazine. Well, she gets, she starts getting undressed and everything. And everybody's like, oh, this is what we came here for. Right. 
But then she just like lies down on the bed yep. and looks through the the drawer and finds the dirty magazines. Yes. And that's when things get like, okay, a little bit crazy. Yes. Then he goes back and then that's where she starts to well, to want to fuck, fuck he around. He goes back on purpose, right? Yeah. Because they back, tell him well, what to say. Because yeah, yeah. she's she's masturbating to right. the magazines and they're like you got to go back there because she's good to go right ask her if she right, needs right. a hand yeah and yeah he goes he goes what what do i say to her he's like and and, and eddie i think it's eddie k thomas who says no it's thomas ian nicholas that says <laughs> it's all that, the three names yeah it's thomas ian nicholas that says uh say uh if you say if she would like to have uh, she needed a hand or something like that the funny thing is eddie k thomas though eddie k thomas is like seduce her <laughs> uh, but uh but like yeah then yeah he comes back and he actually does open the door and he actually says seems like you need a hand and it's so fucking and she's weird. into it right yeah. Yeah. yeah but she has no clue that this is going out no anywhere no and once she finds that out mm -hmm. that's when she leaves the country right yeah. her parents take right. her out or whatever it's it i mean it's it is patently absurd like you know like the you know like oh yeah i gotta get undressed in your room to do the whatever and then like i'm gonna my, while i'm at it might as well masturbate yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> okay so we are gonna recast this movie but we will have rewritten it. I'm willing to say our movie won't even have any nudity, just so we can you know, nobody can say we just want to see people naked. Yeah, because there are, I cast some pretty girls, and I wasn't thinking about that. But actually, that's the only nudity in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I was right? wondering. Is I don't think there's any other nudity. I don't think so. Then let's there's, let's just say there's no nudity. There's yeah. There's, there's, there's no broadcast there, of masturbation. Yeah. There's especially not that. <laughs> I would just think that there was. I think just think that if you're going to make a realistic, like love interest for Jim in this thing. It should be something that gets her out of the picture. That's that's way like more you know sane than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So um, other than that, is this movie problematic uh, in retrospect? Well, it's it's from the guy's perspective about yeah. them wanting to lose their virginity. Now we saw Blockers last year yeah. show the female side of this essentially. Uh, but I would like to see sort of more of an even-handed thing where both uh, both sides are like trying to decide. Well, is this the night that we lose our virginity or not? Yeah, I um, think I think the the only and maybe some even have lost it. And that's true. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, and you know, it it doesn't have to be this. It's funny, like how long this trope lasted from like I think the eighties, maybe late seventies of guys like gotta lose their virginity before going to college or they're in college and now they need to get laid or whatever and that lasted all the way up until 1999 yeah 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 you know that whole thing and like you know but yeah we should have like an even-handed thing mm -hmm. and maybe not make it about a conquest of losing virginity but right. maybe just maybe something as an you know a step up in a relationship of some sort you know like are we really serious are we yeah i think know, they cover it fairly well uh it with the terror oh, yeah, and it's, uh, it's, eddie k well thomas k no it's thomas e nicholas whatever thomas e nicholas and terror reed are yeah, the yeah. ones together in that and eddie k thomas of course ends up with jennifer coolidge Stifler's yes. mom at the end but uh but yeah um uh it's i mean it's it's it slightly skews conservative that that movie does even though it's got a bunch of nonsense in it um because it does it is talking about the the impact do you do this with you do this with people you care about that right. type of thing it does have a conservative message mm -hmm. in the end um so 
yeah i mean i don't know what was the did i answer the question no i guess so i what, what i think the point that i was i was trying to make is that i think the it does subvert some of the the regular trope except for the the rapey uh shannon elizabeth stuff i think it does subvert a lot of like the horny guys get you know getting their way type of thing especially with the allison hannigan character mm-hmm. well yeah the main um, character is jim and he just accidentally is himself into the whole movie basically yeah exactly he's certainly not he's certainly not the that alpha male type no he he gets uh he gets more excoriated than anybody because he he comes so quickly when he's when he's with the nadia character right mm-hmm. and then he has to wear two condoms at the end because she's taking flutes in her pussy make any sense no it doesn't i was about to say i, I distinctly remember it so that he doesn't come so damn early <laughs> anyway yeah it's 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 a mix of that weird scene with with some like nice little subversive elements mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um so I'll, i guess i'll go first go baby um so for jim the jason biggs character i'm gonna put timothy chalamet in there Ooh. well then you just sold all the tickets and won the awards yeah well <laughs> i is not I, a prestige film this is this <laughs> is not to be reductive but if he can fuck a peach he can fuck a pot <laughs> if he can dodge but, a wrench yeah he can, <laughs> he can dodge, dodge a he can dodge a ball <laughs> um that's true yeah he's got the fruit fucking he uh, does it would have have to be a peach pie too yeah 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 yeah. uh but uh but yeah i think timothy chalamet i'd like to see him in a role like this because he's in a lot of like heavy heavy stuff yeah man lady bird call me by your name well in american the, boy about a boy the, 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 the disarming boy the boy from what is the name of that movie the steve carell one? my yeah my dear boy oh yeah <laughs> beautiful boy beautiful boy um, <laughs> while we were sitting here the new trailer came out for little women and he's in that too so it'll be another drama yeah i wonder if he's got the chops for it you know because you know what gets overlooked is that jason biggs he's really funny in this like he's mm-hmm. got a lot of physical comedy in this he sells punchlines and things like that. He plays off of Eugene Levy mm-hmm. beautifully. Yeah. yeah. Really well. uh, so, yeah, he's really, he never really approached this level of, of comedic excellence again. But, yeah. You know. um, I don't know. Did you not see that one movie, Loser? Oh, and Loser. I saw that in the theater. I did, too. <laughs> this is a funny thing in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when they when they oh. bra- they bust in and it's uh, Jason Biggs and... Uh, um, <laughs> Vanderbeek, Vanderbeek, <laughs> and uh i think it's uh yeah it's uh chase jay who's like hey you're the pie fucker and uh and goes he goes oh so, see see there it is there it is you're the, the you guy who fucked the pie it's never jason biggs you're the guy who in loser you're the guy who in this he's like it's always about fucking that pie and he's like you fucked the pie he's like enough <laughs> when they're getting arrested wrongly he's like getting put in the car going i'm the pie fucker yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, for Chris uh, Oz, Oz is his name, the Chris Klein character. Okay, so I have a few in here that I'm going to have to like describe who, what where they are. You know, you may not, you and you still may not know who knows, who I'm talking about. But Melvin Gregg, he played Demarcus Tillman in the second season of American Vandal. Uh, in American Vandal, he plays a a basketball player who may or may not be the one who's behind. I think it's the browning, browning or something like, I don't know what the hell it is, uh, where like everybody had <laughs> diarrhea one day and, you know, uh, but, um, but, uh, he, he played that with, he played that, uh, really good. And he's, he's 30. He's probably the oldest guy that I have on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but he he played a high school kid in American Vandal, so you know, it, and it was very convincing to me. I thought he was at least in his twenties or whatever. But well, Chris Klein is, by the way, probably. He and Mina Savari are having a competition for the worst actor in this, in yes. this cast. Well, and, I, and that was a that was a that was a difficult thing for me to think of. Who's our blank slate? Who's our Keanu Reeves, Chris Klein type actor? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's out there right now? And I couldn't think of any really. Well, and he's also he he looks older than the rest of them. Even though I think he was only like yeah, twenty one or something yeah, like he's, that. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's actually like twenty or so. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. Because I'm older than he is, and that was ninety nine. So yeah, so I mean, he looks he looks older though. I guess maybe just the lacrosse thing or whatever. Yeah. At first, I put in uh, the guy, the the black kid in Stranger Things. Oh yeah. Uh, I thought like he might be a little bit too young, even though he's he's going to be eighteen this year. But I felt like he was still too young for yeah, the role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I, I I took that off and I put in Melvin Gregg. Uh, for Kevin, the Thomas Ian Nicholas character, I have Jorge Lindeborg Jr. He is in Spider-Man. He's the, he's the other reporter that's in those school oh. things. He's an Alita battle angel. Mm. He's in Bumblebee. He's the love interest of oh, Haley Steinfeld. Oh, he's Pony Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Hold on. Is he, is he the... The love interest in Alita? I think so. Yes. Or is he the friend of the no, love interest? No, he's the friend of the love interest. He's the guy with like yeah, the, yeah, he's yeah. a Dominican, right, right. like he's got a, like a big of a fro. Uh, he's the, the guy that guy. gets killed. He gets killed. Yeah. No, the love interest is like a ballet dancer that has never had much acting experience and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh for Finch, the Eddie K. Thomas uh shit break. Um <laughs> I have Austin Abrams who plays Ethan on Euphoria. Ethan he is, is the, the guy who's in love with the uh, the uh, plus size. Oh, woman. Yep. okay. Uh, the so and he and ever since I first uh, saw him in Euphoria, I thought I got a Finch vibe off of him yeah. or a something like that, like in that kind of a of a role. He's by far the most normal character in Euphoria. Oh, easily. And which means that in the next season, like something fucked oh, up. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> that guy is definitely like. That guy's definitely doing some dark web shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, did we, we never found out who the guy was on the other end of the one-sided stream she did, did we? Oh, the guy with the voice changer who she oh, got she got embarrassed and no, shut the computer down. What? Oh, because he asked her to take her clothes off, right? Yeah, well, well as I remember, this was the first time she'd done one one way right she couldn't see him and i I, the vibe i got was that she just eventually got uncomfortable with not being able to know who it was right right and uh, i feel like this show is the kind of show that's going to eventually tell us who that was that's interesting maybe it's eric dane i think it's nate oh i think nate wants to fuck everything yeah (laughs) i think you're right i think you're right for stifler the sean william scott role i have harry styles ha that i like that that is awesome Mm. that is awesome because he could probably play annoying. This mm-hmm. character is the most annoying character, like in the last twenty years of film, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, and I think he's got some comedic chops. I got him. some comedy vibes from him on that video and that cupcake throwing yep. video, yep. Uh, whatever that was called. But uh, I got a little bit of that from him, and he's good looking enough, obviously, to be somebody who can get lots of girls and be the guy who's like, "Hey, I've been through this, guys. You know, you need to take that cellophane off your dicks and use them, and all that." Does he get any action in this movie, Stifler? Yeah, 
He's yeah. about to, but then he, of course, then in another gross scene, he drinks. He drinks the Thomas Ian uh, Nicholas's. Uh, he was oh, so Tara Reed and Thomas Ian Nicholas were in there previously, and he and ejaculates he, into the beer. Into the beer, and so Stifler then goes up into the bedroom, about to get it on, chugs the beer, chugs the beer, and then he gets sick. I got you. I got you. I think in the sequels he gets so. In the sequels, I remember. Well, he, he ends up with January Jones that's oh. true and then uh it, it may be the reunion one where he's he's all uh hopped up for hot lips Houlihan or whatever her name is that is the is the dick sucker right and so he have you have you seen the american reunion i don't know if i've seen reunion which I, one's reunion it's the last one i think i've seen reunion but i don't remember that uh, character the last theatrical release he's like he's like oh i'm saving myself for for blowjob mckee or whatever it is mm -hmm. and then she comes in and the joke is such a stupid joke she's now bigger and not as attractive to him but he's still like oh well the lips still work right oh. and then she ends up rejecting so they made four of these fucking things uh american one, two, two wedding and reunion yes god i thought it was only three and then a and million then band camp a bunch of straight to video ones all starring Stifler's Eugene little brother. <laughs> well it's stifler's little brother is the, like right. the band camp one. Uh, uh it was your guy that you name checked just eli eli marienthal yeah eli marienthal <laughs> um uh so yeah i think harry styles would be a good one uh then we for vicky tara reed back to the euphoria sydney sweeney plays cassie mm. uh, would be a perfect uh I think she's way better than Tara Reid, though. But uh, she plays that Euphoria character she, just so raw. That, yeah, that I know. Poor she's girl. devastating. Oh, Jeremy saw her in uh, something else, Shattered Fingers. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's sharp, sharp object. Sharp object. I think she plays like the roommate, the she Amy does. Adams roommate. Yep. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, like I think that she would be good. That like she'd a, be perfect. Yeah, she's perfect for Tara Reed's role. Um, then for Heather, the Mina Suvari, I have Elle Fanning. Thank oh. God, somebody poor Mina Suvari, man. Mm -hmm. She, I know, she just couldn't get there in this movie. Um, she she's was, always got American Beauty. She was fine in American Beauty, I think. She may not have been acting. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, she's year, also though. in Loser with Jason Biggs. Yeah, yes, she is. Oh, yeah. And she, she's uh, all gothy emo in that mm -hmm. movie. She survives off of eating honey packets. Mm -hmm. You remember mm -hmm. this? No. Yeah. She steals, like, honey packets from tea and coffee Is it Greg Kinnear shop. that's in that movie? She's sleeping with somebody yeah. that's older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. God, why do it's I remember a bad any movie. of that? But, yeah, I, 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 I like me some Elle Fanning. I think she would be good for this role. Play, like, sort of an innocent and, like, who who's serious about getting in a relationship. Yeah. And, all that uh for michelle the allison hannigan role i have macy williams uh Ooh. Mm -hmm. what oh is, game what of is, thrones yeah what has uh, she done outside of game of thrones almost nothing too there's i know there's been a couple other movies i saw her in a music video recently uh that um uh, lena Headey uh directed hmm. uh i can't remember what it's called but she's in that she's she's got like different hair like all punky mm -hmm. hair and everything in it uh but i think macy williams would be would be perfect for that like where she she's like all innocent and like you know all this and then she does like band camp stuff and then yeah, yeah. she's the one who tears you know jim a new one by yeah. the end of it <laughs> and everything i think she would be perfect for that uh jessica the natasha leone role i have zendaya um, oh nice yeah mm. i uh, now she's the the pithy uh 
sidekick, basically. She's right? the Quote one unquote. who's like giving uh, people like Thomasy and Nicholas advice, right. throughout the whole thing. An interesting dynamic of her character is you don't know whether she really knows what she's talking about, yeah. but she sounds like she does. She sounds wizened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, she's always giving him advice because that's the whole, that's his whole character arc, the entire movie. How do I fuck? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, what do I do to keep her and all that? That's mm-hmm. like his whole thing. Because he's talking to Casey Affleck in this too. Casey Affleck yeah, has a little. Yeah, he gives her the Texas tornado yeah. technique. He's like, go to the library. There's this book. Here's how you fuck. And, and it's got Seinfeld's technique that Putty stole. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where he does a counterclockwise swirl. Yeah, yeah. Apparently it works because she's like, I'm coming, I'm yeah. coming. Oh, yeah. While they're playing that uh, whole uh, uh, song. The, oh, the whole song. Yeah, The yeah, whole yeah. song yeah, playing yeah. during it. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Zendaya has pretty much proven she can be that, like, that, that Natasha Leone type. Mm-hmm. I would love to see her in that role. Uh, for Nadia, the Shannon Elizabeth role, I have Laura Harrier, who's, I mean, I'm, I'm picking a lot of stuff from Spider-Man and, and, uh, and Euphoria here. Uh, but Laura Harrier, who, who was the, who was Peter's quote unquote girlfriend in mm-hmm. Homecoming. Um, uh, obviously she's super just gorgeous and everything. Now she may not be Nadia anymore. I don't know. Maybe she could be a Nadia. I don't know. She could be a Nadia, I guess. I don't know, but she's got fucking range, man. After yeah. watching Black Klansman, Absolutely. the shit she did in there, yeah, Whew. yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you've seen Black. Klansman, oh, that would right? be that would be kind of cruel. She would be another love interest that falls by the wayside in this movie, just like mm-hmm. she was in Homecoming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, she needs to be the one who people, you know, she needs to she needs to win. Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, uh, not in this movie. <laughs> uh, Jim's dad, Eugene Levy. We have I have Will Ferrell, who's actually uh the about the same age as eugene levy was back in 99 which how old uh, eugene levy was 53 okay will ferrell is now 51 or 52 wow that's uh, that's some big shoes to fill by the way yeah. eugene levy steals this whole fucking movie he mm-hmm. really does yeah, yeah. And, and no joke i mean he's he's perfect he's he brings that christopher guestian type of performance to this schedule a whole like film festival of character actor dads stealing rom-coms <laughs> and you could do kevin pollack and she's all that mm-hmm. and eugene levy and american pie i bet you could find two larry others. uh larry miller larry miller yeah. and 10 things i hate about you. yeah in fact i i thought about larry miller for a moment there but i was like ah he's done this before so that's uh, another christopher guest uh alum too. yeah yep. yeah that's funny will ferrell could totally pull off that awkward come on dad it's only prom and hell is just a sauna <laughs> um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, Eugene Levy has that great moment after he catches Jim fucking the pie and he's like, well, just tell your mother, uh, we ate it all. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cringe inducing, but he means well. <laughs> um, and for Stifler's mom, Jennifer Coolidge is another, uh, get, Christopher guest, mm-hmm. uh, alum. I have Julianne Moore. Ooh. Ooh. Talk about a milf. Yeah. <laughs> Stifler's mom. Yeah. How, how old do you approximate that she would be? Uh, like Stifler's mom, the character would be. I figured like late forties, early fifties. Late forties. Yeah. yeah, late forties, early fifties. But he's eighteen-ish, right? Yeah. So I would think maybe like early forties, early maybe right around forty. Could be. I have I I have uh, people I graduated high school with that have kids that age. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, and that's that's my casting. Good calls. Yeah, I like it. I would watch that movie. Mm-hmm. What you mm-hmm. got? Mm-hmm. Who do I have? Mm-hmm. Am I done? Mm-hmm. All right. I had a couple gaps. I'm going to have to fill in on the fly because <clears throat> I meant to fill them in before I copied and pasted this. <laughs> um, and also, I only, only know about half the actors' names on my list, and it will be a lot of this guy from this one movie. <laughs> so uh, for um, uh, you went in a different order. I did. Oh, you bastard. For Kevin, the <laughs> Thomas Ian Nicholas Rookie of the Year character, mm-hmm. um, I have uh, Ezra Miller. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> And first I wrote Movie Flash because I couldn't remember Ezra Miller, but then I remembered it. For Jim, Jason Biggs' character, this is my best bit, bit of casting right here. The older brother from the 2015 Ed Helms vacation movie. Will, Pol, Polter. Pol, Will, no, Will, that's no. where the Millers. I oh, think, shit. <laughs> I think you're talking about he is the he is the big dog, doughboy eyes, that kid. Skylar Gazondo, who's in uh, Santa Clarita Diet. Okay, okay. And he is hilarious. Okay, great. He is funny as fuck. He's playing a very, in in vacation, he's playing the kind of 14-year-old kid that could very easily turn into Jim from American Pie. In terms (laughs) of... This is perfect casting uh, because he plays sort of like that role in Santa Clarita Diet. <laughs> he was in uh, Booksmart as well earlier this year. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, he was uh, Beanie Feldstein's eventual the the rich guy. Yeah, the rich yeah, yeah. guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, I still need to see Booksmart. Oh, you haven't seen it? Yet? No, it's That's good. It's one I'm sure I will like. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to gender flip Stifler. And we're going to go with that gal who, uh, from Happy Death Day, whose name I can never remember. Oh, Jessica yeah. Roth. Jessica Roth. Because I think she's hilarious. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and if there was a female stifler, I think this girl could pull her off. <laughs> she could yes. play bitchy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Finch, Eddie K. Thomas, the suave kid that sleeps with Stifler's mom. I have Flash Thompson from the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> yeah. The guy who calls him Penis Parker. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think. You don't know up, any of these dickwads. <laughs> No, but he would be great as a teenager who thinks he's suave enough to bed a 48-year-old gorgeous woman. His name is Tony Revolori, by the way. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, thank you for doing all the legwork I was too lazy to do. Um, Oz, Chris Klein, I went with Fridge from Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. Oh, which is the- I wonder what else he's been in. Uh, he's in Welcome to the. He's in Jumanji. He's not talking about Kevin Hart. Um, well, because he's only he's only in no, the actual a, movie for a little while. His, yeah, right. his uh, the actor's name you're looking for is Sir Darius Blaine. Is his name? Uh, and I honestly figured I don't need to know if that actor can act because he's taken Chris Klein <laughs> role. That's true. Um, That's true. And then for Vicky Tara Reed, I have uh, again I don't know her name, but in Big Little Lies, Reese Witherspoon's has a teenage daughter. Pretty sure you're marriage. talking about Catherine Newton, the yes. who's in uh, Blockers. Yes, yeah, she's the late lead in Blockers. The right? blonde, the blonde yeah. lead. Oh, yeah. For Nadia, the nice. Shannon Elizabeth character, I have uh, Ama from Sharp Objects, the younger sister oh, of yeah, Amy yeah. Adams' character, who I think could just put on a European accent and say anything to most she guys. was the biggest revelation of that show i think i think um, so uh it was her, her name was eliza scanlon and i think she's been in a she's started she started getting in a lot of stuff around the time sharp objects came out but i haven't actually seen any well of that this. new that little women trailer i just told you drop while we were potting she's in that oh okay she's australian right uh, yeah yeah she is she's from she can sydney. roller skate i know that much sydney new south wales it may have been sharp objects may have been her first american uh exposure i think yeah because i was like you i was i was blown away by her performances oh she's she's fantastic in that uh yes yeah, she's in some movie called baby teeth and then there's little women and another one called the devil all the time that's coming out but i believe 
this is the girl that when sharp objects was talked everybody was just like okay watch out for her she's gonna be mm-hmm. in everything and she's gonna be awesome and yeah she's great uh for uh the Mina Savari character, I have Haley Lou Richardson. Very much in love with Haley Lou yes. Richardson. She's in Split. She's the best friend in Edge of Seventeen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in the We Can Only Be Five Feet Away From Each Other Because We're Sick movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, for, uh, I'm starting to do a little trombone here. For the Allison Hannigan role, I'm going with Yukio from Deadpool 2. <laughs> 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 what? I don't know. When, I, when you first sent this, I thought two things. This is perfect. The movie's twenty years old. We should do this. And oh fuck, I don't know any teenage actors. So you her, get what you get. Her her name. I'm probably butchering this, but it's Shioli Katsuna is her name. Right. I wonder has she been in anything else? Because like she was awesome she was, in those she, little she was snippets. In that stupid Netflix murder mystery Adam Sandler movie. Apparently. Oh, oh nice. No, thanks. Uh, I saw that by the way. <laughs> Uh, for Jim's dad, I settled with Walton Goggins. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if he can do it. He usually plays evil, but I, I, I bet there's comedy I, there. I think Walton Goggins is perfect. Uh, he does usually play evil, but like in Vice Principles, he showed some real comic chops. I have seen that. That's... And he's, I mean, he's kind of evil still, even in that, but I think he would be perfect. All right. Nice. And then my last one, uh, Stifler's mom. Believe me, I wanted really bad to make Jim's dad, um, uh, Jason Biggs and Stifler's mom, Allison Hannigan. I really wanted to <laughs> yeah, do yeah, that because yeah. if they remade this movie, that is exactly what they would <laughs> Absolutely, do. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't. I went with Amy Poehler. <clears throat> oh, yeah. that's perfect. Who, yeah. who, you know, played this essentially in Mean Girls. She played yeah. that drunken, Gosh, you know. She's hilarious. Oh, yeah. She comes in with like the, the marti- margaritas and shit like that. And she's like, <laughs> All right, spill the beans, girls. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Right. Oh, by the way, you remember me saying that in Euphoria, even the drunk wine mom, maybe I already said this, even the drunk wine mom is going to have like some nuance to her, and she ended up having some nuance to her. Which one was she? The, Cassie's the, mom? Cassie and, and what's her, and uh, the Apatow girls' yeah, mom. Yeah, Maud. And like, it, what, it such a cool scene real quick where uh, Cassie wakes her up. She's shit-faced, mm-hmm. wakes her up and says, you know, I need your help. No questions asked. No, like she instantly sobers up and she's just like hugs her and she's like, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. And then she's with her the entirety of the rest of the way. I, you, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, did, I saw a story that said um, uh, the day that Drake showed up on set uh, happened to be the day that Maude Apatow was dressed as uh, Bob Ross. Yeah. <laughs> and she was mortified that she had to meet <laughs> she, Drake while dressed as Bob told Ross. That, uh, she told that story on uh, Colbert. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently that was her first time being on Colbert, even though Leslie Mann and, and uh, Judd Apatow had been on there many times mm-hmm. and had talked about her and they went through the whole, like Uh-oh. all the times they talked about her <laughs> and a montage and everything. But then, yeah, she told that story about Drake showing up. Uh, I like Maude Apatow, but why is she always the first credit on, on Euphoria? I don't know. She's, is it alphabetically? No, no. Zendaya, Zendaya's first. no. I don't even think Zendaya's first. Well, then, oh, is Maude Apatow first? She's well, if Zendaya's first, then she's second. But then, like, I mean, she's obviously doesn't. Hunter Schaefer isn't until way down the list. Uh, maybe it's alphabetical after Zendaya. I don't know, but it seems uh, like it is weird. I don't remember seeing an alphabetical thing. 
Um, she's good in the show, but maybe her dad's a producer. I don't think he even is. I don't even think he's a producer on the show. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it could be a favor type of thing, but like, I, I just thought it was weird. May, I mean, maybe it is like after Zendaya, they do it alphabetically, and I just didn't notice or whatever. But, but she, I, just, I don't even know if she's in every episode. Yeah, she's barely in. <laughs> and I, yeah, she's she's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. anyway, she's not a huge character. Yeah. All right. So I went with the. I brought the funny. Uh oh. I'm pretty sure I've got some good comedy chops in my in my cast. All right. For Kevin, 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 mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas's character, Tom Holland. Yep, mm, which is the come on. which is what I kept coming up with in my head while I was trying to come up with my my people, but you had already chosen it. So Tom Holland could have played any number of characters, <laughs> including mm-hmm. Nadia in this cast. Yep, uh, but I think he's a perfect Kevin. You know, a mix of like honest, well-meaning, mm-hmm. but still like a little bit of uh, comedy chops. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Jim, Jason Biggs' character. Shamik Moore mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Miles Morales from yeah. Into the Spider-Verse. We know he's funny. We know he's charming. We know he's awkward, at least in his character in that. Mm-hmm. We know he can carry a movie, at least with his voice. I'm not sure of all the other stuff that he's been in before, uh, but but it seems like he's got all of the different components that could make this. Like, he's the central, he's the star of the movie, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that, that one was fun with me. Uh, Stifler. Dacre Montgomery. I think I'm saying that he's right. He's from Stranger Things. Yes. Yeah. He's he's the evil uh, uh, Daniel, Steve, Bill. Um, what's his name? Billy. 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 He's Billy in Stranger Things. He's the brother of... Uh, okay. Is he the brother? He's the brother of the redhead. Kind of looks yeah. like Harry Styles. Yeah. Kinda. He is dashingly beautiful. Okay. This guy. But he's also a super big old douche mm-hmm. in stranger things yes he is so he can play stifler per- and he's only 24 he looks like he's like you yeah know, pre prefabbed basically mm-hmm. okay he's like a like a something manicure. with your hands there that uh, but he's also got some funny moments in stranger things mm-hmm. uh so i think he would be a perfect stifler <clears throat> finch eddie k thomas jaden smith <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Jay- i can see it <laughs> hey i got a question uh what do you think of his music it's terrible. Really? Yes. But people love it, right? It's, yes. I don't know why. Okay. It's, awful. it's his song on the latest Gemini Man trailer, right? Oh, I didn't know. I that. saw a lot of the comments that were like, "When you when you can't even get your own song on the track or the trailer, but your son does, or something like that." I uh, I I have found myself enjoying some Jaden Smith. Really? And I haven't heard all of it, but um, what I've heard has not been good. The uh, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm just an icon living that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like that. The mm-hmm. video was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is another one that he did. I think it's a cover of something though. Old Town Road. Yeah, it's Old Town Road. Uh, that that I like too. But I, I have not all. I have also not heard uh all of his <laughs> stuff. I just heard a couple of songs and I'm like, ah, eh, I can yeah. get into that. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. But I think he he definitely has. Man, that kid's got something I, I guess very much like his dad like this quality of he don't give a fuck Mm-mm. he's got charm and i think he could be a very good finch because finch don't give a fuck no he don't he's out there like listening to jazz records and like dressing up in ascots and shit yeah. like that mm-hmm. yeah. i don't know if you will yeah, he's going home to take shits he's going home to take shits yeah i relate to that <clears throat> here's i mean one. i couldn't go home but i, I would have yeah <laughs> oh yeah you're like george costanzi you get your, gotta be in my home court yeah gotta be in your home court uh, now I'm bringing the funny for this character, Vicky Tara Reed's character. Tara Reed is not good in this movie. Mm. In fact, she's 
She's rarely good in anything. She's except great for Big in the first 30 seconds of Cruel Intentions. Hmm. Uh, hold on. She's the one that Ryan Phillippe... Oh, that's right. That's her. That calls her therapist. <laughs> and, and she has the one, like, small appearance in The Big Lebowski where she's oh, really yeah. good in that. Blow. I suck your cock for $1,000. <laughs> I'll have to go and get do a cash machine. Um, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. she's such a cat. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. He's like, Brad can't watch, though. You got to pay extra. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, so for Vicky, Tara Reed's character, Ariel Winter, Ooh, okay. the uh, younger Modern family from Modern Family, uh, she's funny. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of that show. I watched the first couple seasons, and I thought it was very, very well made, very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's grown into, she and the older sibling uh, have developed a, like a really good comic timing. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think Ariel Winter could be very good. She's going to team up and knock the booties with uh, Tom Holland, mm-hmm. so that'd mm-hmm. be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> For <laughs> knock booties they're gonna touch butts <laughs> this is how you do it right yeah exactly look uh, at me i'm gonna touch the butt mm-hmm. <laughs> for oz the uh the chris klein character channing tatum yeah he's yeah. like 50 <laughs> how do you cast him in this movie yeah it's does kinda, it really matter i mean he played a high schooler in 21 drum street <laughs> yeah he's he's 40 years old but uh yeah <laughs> uh, maybe that's the joke I, it is the joke okay. i think it would be like some nice like physical comedy People nobody keep... it's almost like in uh, not another teen movie where uh is who is the, the old lady that's parodying never been kissed mm-hmm. is in there and she's the one doing the the parody of the uh cruel intentions with oh Sam. yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about i just went off on a weird tangent uh but yeah i mean yeah they could just keep on doing stuff like i think they did that in uh uh the uh the wet hot american summer uh netflix series mm-hmm. like how everybody's older but it's 10 years earlier yeah. and everything they keep making jokes about that yeah and everything. or so, it's like uh what is it the steve buscemi uh, it's like a gif now i don't even know what it's from where it's like hey kids i am your total equal or uh, something yeah. like that yeah anyway i think that would be a little bit of a uh, nice stunt casting for nadia Shannon Elizabeth's character, Chloe Grace Moritz. Mm, mm. I think it's Moretz, by Moretz. the way. You guys keep saying Moritz, and I'm like, okay, I'll let that slide. Okay, I'll let that slide. Moretz. <laughs> I think she is very, very pretty. Yep. And she's certainly a great actress. So I think she could bring a little more meat to the mm-hmm. role. And again, we're going to rewrite this to where she's actually got a part. She's great in Man on Fire. Yeah. Yeah. She's not in that <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's in The Equalizer. Yeah. <laughs> Dakota Fanning's in Man on yeah. Fire. I think sort I remember, of my joke. I think I remember you say, having a Man on Fire joke in The Equalizer about that very thing. Probably did. Uh, for Heather, Mina Savari's character, Kiernan Shipka. She's in the Sabrina show? Yes. Yeah, she's... Have you been watching that at all? No. No. I heard it's good. I have too. It's yeah. by the same people that make all those CW superhero shows in the Riverdale. But, but is she no more for Sabrina now or Sally Draper? I think she'll always be Sally Draper. Yeah. Um, Sally. Okay. I didn't watch Mad Men in real time. I didn't keep up with it. Uh, and, but all I heard, especially in the later seasons, was everybody was talking about Sally Draper and she got a bunch of backlash. Oh, really? I don't remember yeah, yeah. the backlash. Mm-mm. There was backlash. Mm-mm. I don't remember much backlash. Uh, there was, there were like early seasons where it was like, oh no, the 13 year old girl discovered masturbation or something yeah. like that. But I don't remember there being anything. 
controversial about her character really. no no i just uh, i kept seeing articles and i didn't click on them because i didn't wasn't watching Mad Men. but mm. she's delightful in that role mm-hmm. she's yeah. great. very she's very good in there she's better than the kid that plays the son i think they recast him three times yeah they they did. Did. yeah well they recast it because i think january jones hated everybody oh, really? yeah <laughs> what's funny is that i didn't want to say anything because it's all unsubstantiated but i've heard that kiernan shipka on the on the sabrina show has been a little bit bossy oh really really <laughs> what i've heard between the she's a she's an interesting actress though i could i, I want to see what she can do later on mm-hmm. uh and she's gonna be heather uh the allison hannigan character is gonna be beanie feldstein <laughs> yeah yeah i can I see like that. that well it, once you see book smart you'll know what i'm what i'm talking about okay. because she could totally play that nerdy like you know very closed off type of thing that shoves mm. shit into her vagina she's gonna play monica Lewinsky in that American Crime Story. Yeah. Is she really? Yeah. I, well, I tell you what, first of all, I think from Lady Bird and from Booksmart, I think she's got like actual chops. Mm-hmm. Like I think she's she's really, really good. She's hilarious, I think, in Booksmart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she'd be great in uh, in this role. Uh, for Jim's dad, so Shamik Moore's dad, it's going to be Jordan Peele. Yeah. Hey! Now, he's a little bit young. He's actually the same age as Channing Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But can you imagine him having those awkward interactions with with Shamik Moore yeah, and all that stuff? That'd be awesome. I mean, he's perfect. He's yeah. absolutely perfect. I, I, plus, I kind of selfishly want to see him do some more acting because mm-hmm. you know Keaton Peele's so good, but maybe, he's also such a good maybe director. A while. Did you see that trailer for Dolomite Is My Name? Is that him? No, but uh, Key is in it, and every oh. other legendary black actor alive is in that really yeah I, I saw that it posted but i didn't watch it. it's yet. pretty great i mean i don't i never saw dolomite films me neither so i'm only going on but I, eddie murphy looks great he looks like he's doing kind of the bowfinger eddie murphy again mm. where he's he doesn't quite realize how crazy he is oh yeah and uh it was a great trailer nice yeah I hope uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy still looks the same as he did like twenty years yeah. ago. Yeah, did way. you see the comedians in cars getting coffee with him? Oh, no, no, I, I see that one. Hate that series. No, really. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't hate the Eddie Murphy one. Really? Yeah, it's good. Is I it saw like, talking about comedy and like the yes, interpretation and how like they both came up at the same time. They show like an old like nineteen seventy six really card where eddie murphy is on one day and then jerry sign it's their first ever wow uh, eddie murphy's on one day and then jerry seinfeld's like two days later or huh. something like that but yeah they that's the that's a 46 minute episode yeah i saw that and they just talk about all this you know it's 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 not quite up to the level of listening to charlie Mur- murphy tell his stories <laughs> but eddie murphy going through all this stuff that you know stuff that you know they were going through back in the day and everything Really, really interesting. I did see the yeah. clip of the episode where Seinfeld trashes Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, really? And apparently they, they like silenced it, but you can just read his lips. And oh. he fucking hates that guy. Oh, see, yeah, he there is a moment in there where he said something, and I think they... As he said, the, the 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 clip that I saw is him talking about. That's why he has to do that voice because he doesn't have anything else. Yeah, I and remember I'm that. Like, I'm surprised that he went that hard. In fact, in fact, it was. It's weird they don't. They didn't just go ahead and say the name because it was. It was honestly the only person he could have been talking about. Because huh. you know, Vogue had yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked like this the whole time, <laughs> and I was like, that's the only person he could have possibly been talking about. Uh, but. Uh, you may you may notice in the the Netflix thing when they show the Eddie Murphy thing they show that big beaming Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. smile. He's talking about uh, how like 
it sucks when you're you know when you go around la first off you're about to be in this big movie and there's billboards all around uh and, and it's, there you are there's this big movie everybody's seeing that, that this is coming out and it's like but sometimes you're in one of those that just sucks and it's out of theaters in two weeks and it's then those billboards are still up <laughs> and you're still doing that, that he's got this big beaming smile on his face <laughs> <clears throat> I, I will watch that one. I, I, I because it's so short. I watched the Seth Rogen one, mm-hmm. and that was painful to mm-hmm. watch because they couldn't talk about anything. They didn't. They didn't relate to you anything. You can tell. You can tell when he doesn't have a rapport yeah. with somebody. Yeah. They put on somebody I really like from Saturday Night Live, Melissa Villasenor. Yeah, I wanted to watch that one, but and that's not a very good one at all. And I <laughs> like her a lot, but like she's obviously like oh my god i can't believe i'm talking to jerry seinfeld this same whole with time. seth rogan yeah yeah and so she doesn't say much and they go to some interesting places but like they don't have any history no when they have history it's better you yeah know, when he's talking to ricky gervais and all those those that, or like those, letterman the letterman one was really good. yeah 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 so. but yeah in general i guess i've watched more of the awkward ones and i'm just like yeah, mm, yeah. anyway to round out my thing so jordan this Peele, is the one that i don't understand but go for it <laughs> <laughs> stifler's mom is going to be emma stone <laughs> it's because emma stone yeah because we're gonna age her up a little bit uh-huh. and you could see her being the femme fatale type of thing uh-huh. being seduced by jaden smith <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just now realized what that was right <laughs> you just now realized it. i think it'd be awesome she was the first one that well what's funny is that i wanted to put her as one of the kids but she's too old she's to too be old. a kid yeah and she's too young to be the, the mom so i'm just gonna you know channing tatum's in her hey you got sake. channing tatum in here do whatever the fuck man. And, and at first it was funny because when i saw emma stone i was like oh wait a minute does he have uh, Channing Tatum as Emma Stone's <laughs> son in this, and I forgot the character switch there. But, uh, yeah, uh, and then the milf guy is going to be Nate from Euphoria. Yeah, <laughs> like how you're the only guy that cast the milf guy. Uh, yeah, which is was John uh, Cho. Is John Cho. I was actually going to ca- cast John Cho as Jim's dad. Okay, that would and be good I too. couldn't get there, but I thought that that would be total stunt casting. If you test funny. me, you will fail. That's a little Star Trek Into Darkness, John Cho for you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, nice. I'll try oh, like to be that. more less obscure with my. No, no, you should you should keep coming with those. I thought I, just, it, I thought it was from searching. <laughs> I just I just didn't know what it was, and I needed searching. an explanation. Uh, all right, so that's what I got. I think those are all some pretty strong. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think all three of those would be filmable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, time to talk about better help again. Better help. Better, better help. help. Better help. Yeah. Love it. Barrett has uh, been going through uh, the, uh, the the service, and uh, he's got really good things to say. Yeah, you know, I'm <laughs> my my own journey is becoming a little complicated in my own head. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of back off from telling you my story and tell you more about the actual product itself. I, I, I do want to say, in relation to what I'm going through, is that. It's helpful. It's helpful for me to untangle some wires that were in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's part of the process of this whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, is you have to notice that there's tangles there first to be able to untangle them. Um, uh, but this is, this has been such a positive experience because as I mentioned last time, it takes away all the sucky things about trying to find a therapist, trying to find a service, trying to get to a place. For example, I had a, a listener email me uh, this week 
saying that, you know, I have I have a friend that has uh, a teenager that may could use some help. They're in a rural area. area. They don't have access to stuff. Uh, does better help uh, extend to just adults <clears throat> or also to teenagers? They actually do. And I didn't know that until I looked at it. They have uh, individual counseling, couples counseling, and teenage counseling. Oh, wow. Uh, so I didn't even realize that, but that's just another feature of the reach that these guys have. They match you up with a therapist after you go through a brief questionnaire. And then when you get to your room, it's like a, like a, like a waiting room. Like you, you, can, you can schedule, you can chat, you can do the actual live uh, therapy session on that room. Like everything is right there. You know, I have a friend who told me recently uh in conversation his his kid is in therapy mm. um and i ended the conversation by saying this guy's an awesome person <laughs> but he, what he basically said is that it doesn't matter how often his mother and i tell him he can tell us anything or talk to us about anything i know there will be things he won't yep and knowing that he's got a place where he can feel safe to say those kinds of things i look around again i'm not trying to get all mushy on everybody but i look around if i had a teenager today in this world I would have them in therapy if I yeah, if yeah. I could possibly afford it, just because there's so much that they're that's changing that seems harsh and scary, and, and you know it was hard enough for me to be a teenager in the '80s, you know. And then you watched Euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I mean, consider I like knowing that they have a whole like separate you know plan for like teenage counseling that's really really good and helpful. I've I've dived a little deeper into this service outside of just my purview. Um, there's, there's a really cool kind of, uh, branching logic where if you get to the point where you need to, uh, pay for a service or something like that, they give you the rate. Then there's a, a like a, a, a link that says, I can't afford this, or I need to see what my options are. It takes you then to this other page that says, okay, here's how we can help. Let's figure this out. Uh, what, what is going on with this? All of this is like within seconds. And it's it's something that I, I swear, if you were going to a regular, not to discount live therapy at all, but if you're going to a regular counselor or therapist, you're going to see the business person to work all this stuff out. And you're going to check the insurance on this stuff to work all that stuff out. And you're going to see the actual counselor. This is all like the whole kit and caboodle, like all together. Uh, and it's it's really really cool. Well, it's it's got a variety of ways to do it. Is what I like mm -hmm. about it too. You can do video chats, but if for some reason on any particular day or in general you're not comfortable with that, uh, you can do it over the phone. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I, I like how flexible the service is, and I feel like it, what it's doing is providing an opportunity for therapy to a group of people that didn't have access to it before. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp. dot com. And speaking of rates, uh, so you go to BetterHelp. dot com slash syncast. That URL, I'm on it right now, uh, and you get 10% off your first uh, your first month of, of, uh, of services. So it's well worth it, trust me. Uh, just go to betterhelp.com slash syncast. There's literally a button that says get started underneath our logo. Uh, that's how you start. So just, just go and let, as much as you're comfortable, let us know uh, kind of your experiences with it and because I'm, I'm curious to hear back. But do it. Uh, so we uh, do some recommends and warnings. Oh my god, I can't wait. Totes amaze balls. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Can I go first? Go for it. Have you watched Woo Assassins? No. Not. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. Really? I'm, this fucking show. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's on Netflix. Ten episodes, one season. 
and it's tailor made for me. Mark DeCosta, DeCostas, Eco Uace, like uh, like a like a, a San Francisco Chinese mob type of thing where he's having to fight his way out. He's a chef, but he gets possessed by the monks, ancient monks. One of which is the 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 top uh, the Iron Chef guy, DeCoscos, yeah, DeCoscos, the DeCoscos. So I was like, man, I'm down for this because there's, you know there's going to be awesome action based on the raid and Costas. Sorry, I can't say his name. His work in John Wick 3. Like, you know this is just going to be awesome. And it's it's like the worst parts of a telenovela or like an American soap opera where the 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 drama is so overwrought there's a heroin addicted brother mm. there's like a mob story there's a whole family dynamic then then they throw in the sub buffy level special effects mm. so he he is just an ordinary chef in san francisco that has ties to these uh this this powerful family but he gets uh somehow imbued with the spirit of the woo assassins what's the woo assassins they're guys that kill woo things Ooh, they're, they're they guys, kill woo girls they kill woo yes. girls <laughs> it's com- completely nonsensical now i will say the caveat i could only get through two episodes there's Ooh. 10 of them it could maybe pick up but from those two episodes those should feature like your primo stuff to get the viewer hooked and eco ua's fights for maybe five to ten minutes in, in total, in those first two I episodes. read a couple of reviews, and it sounded like the consensus was the fights are pretty good, but it's a boring show. It's boring and, and that it's stupid. Half the fights, they take out Eco and replace him with DeCoscos, and Eco's a much better fighter on yes. screen, and DeCoscos is like 60 now. <clears throat> here's here's an example. So instead of... You've got Eco U.S. In, in, on the screen, in the, in the scene, right? And... There's this big group of like Nazis that are that are threatening them and stuff like that. And he's Eco's with this girl, right? This white girl who's infiltrating the the thing. Who fights all these bad Nazis? She does. Mm. Another scene. The sister who who's helping the heroin addicted uh brother. Uh she's she's picking him up and everything. The heroin addicts come in and they're like, No, you're not taking him. He owes us three hundred dollars. Who fights those guys? She does. Mm. And also, the heroin guys, who are high on heroin, apparently are pretty good at martial arts. There you go. There you go. It's Actually, so heroin, heroin sharpens your fighting senses. Mm. So I've heard. So I've heard. Increases hand-eye coordination. It's like, mm. it's like the legend of the drunken master. Just <laughs> yeah. Heroin. Right. The legend of the heroin master. <laughs> legend of the poppy master. Well, I swear I was so excited about this show, and it just is balls. It is on uh, IMDb. There's only uh, like a few thousand votes, but it's at 7.0 for the IMDb. Now- I uh I consider that low for a TV show mm. uh because TV shows that have rabid fan bases typically go over 8 mm. if the movie if the show is good at all so a 7 is usually like okay this is kind of might might not be that good yeah uh it does have that weird thing that I'll never understand where the entire series has a 7.0 but all the episodes have higher ratings yeah fuck so that so i don't know what that's all about but uh but it it seems like people are kind of with you on the Ooh. on this one Ooh. yeah yeah i can't get so behind that's a, so that's a warn that's a big old warn all right all right. I like I like, you know, when we get black and white on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a record one coming up that'll right. uh, blur well, the lines. Right. 
Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that I saw long ago, but uh, recently rewatched uh, Punch Drunk Love. Oh, my God. It's it's like unwrapping a Christmas gift all over again. It kind it? of is. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson apparently um, really enjoyed watching Adam Sandler movies back in the day. Hmm. Uh, always wanted to make his own Adam Sandler movie. And I was like, I was looking at a, um, a review from Roger Ebert back in 2002 for this. And he said something that I thought was, was pretty like, uh, apt for this. Uh, he, he, you know, he said he brought up the background about him watch loving Adam Sandler movies. And he said, he must've seen something in these movies where the characters that he plays were ready. They, they were ready to go off on somebody, but they, but because Adam Sandler's so nice, these movies never let him pop that <laughs> pop that off. Of course, he'd later do anger management as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, so this is about a guy who seems very sweet, and he is, but will have these uncontrolled like rages <laughs> just because somebody calls him a name or mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, and uh, so like it's a it's a pretty funny setup. Like there's this all during the like uh the morning his he's got seven sisters mm. they're all calling him are you gonna be at this party tonight you better be at this party tonight <laughs> and uh he goes yeah i'm gonna go to the party and uh and then they and then uh the the main sister played by uh uh mary lynn Rashkob, that's uh, who it is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah uh is is trying to set him up with emily watson this whole time and she's gonna be at the party and he doesn't know that, but Emily Watson has like actually shown up before the party and was like, Hey, uh, it, the, I'm, I'm dropping my car off. We, do you mind watching it for mm. me and everything? And he, she's just trying to get a look at him before, before the party and mm. everything, but he doesn't know this yet. But he goes to the, the party and like, they keep telling him like, yeah, you, you threw something through a window once when we, we called you some names. Mm. And he's like, I don't remember that. I never did that and uh the and then uh he gets to the party and they said something like well yeah we used to call you gay boy all the time and you got pissed off mm-hmm. and like he's like you hey, know i don't remember doing no, that and then like they're about to sit down sit down at the table and everything and all of a sudden you see all the windows just smashing in front <laughs> and everything he's got like a golf club or whatever <laughs> and then he goes and he goes to talk to one of the uh sister's husbands and he's like uh he's like yeah i don't know if you know anybody that maybe i can get some help like a like therapy i'm like crying all the time and everything and uh and and uh and this guy's like a dentist or yeah, whatever yeah, it's you know? robert smigel robert smigel <laughs> yeah uh but uh the main story is basically he's got this plan that he is going to buy all this stuff from healthy choice and there's a and this i think this was an actual thing that happened mm-hmm. all this stuff from healthy choice where if you turned in the upc symbols or whatever you got like uh all these airplane miles and there was no limit to it right uh and uh and and he's like he's like he's got this scheme down basically where if he buys puddings which are the cheapest thing but they don't they still have the upc code and everything he can the the value of the the contest is way more than what they're actually providing. Mm. And I, I still don't know exactly the details of how that all works and everything. He s- explains it at one point and I'm like, uh, 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 <laughs> but, uh, but like, uh, but yeah, apparently they, it's one of those contests where the people putting on the contest, which is healthy choice in American airlines <laughs> have completely like not looked at the rules yeah. and, and, and haven't seen the exploits and the whole thing. So all he has to do is buy like, 
uh, you know, uh, like a pile of puddings and he can have free, uh, like millions of airline miles. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's what he's going to do. But then he does get set up with Emily Watson, who's an angel in this movie. She is. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and she, he starts falling in love with her and everything. But just before they start like really getting it, like getting like serious, he calls a, an adult line. <laughs> And uh, and gives like all this information, including his social security number, yeah. over the phone to talk to this talk to this woman. And then he's like, he's he doesn't even really want to ha- have her talk dirty to him. He just wants to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. You can see he's just he just wants to talk to somebody. That's the whole thing about him talking about the therapist and all that. And uh, he's not even. And she's sitting there like, okay, I'm getting all hot for you, baby. And he goes, oh, really? We just we can just talk about normal things. I'm starting a business and all this. <laughs> uh, and uh, through that, though, uh, the the person on the other end of the line wants to take more money from him because she thinks that he has more. He he owns his own business, and uh, and he's saying that he's wanting to expand and all that. So. She thinks there's this big scam that she can put on this guy and, and like, um, and like really like, um, uh, put the screws to him to give, to give her money and everything. And this outfit's being run by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's just, it, it you know, you, I talk about this movie and it doesn't seem to have like a, a, a plot really. There's not really a singular plot to it's this movie. It's a love movie. story. It's a basically. love story. It's he's getting to like Emily Watson. Meanwhile, he's got this like one thing, this this one conflict in the background that's like causing him a lot of per- trouble. And uh, the scene where he calls Philip Seymour Hoffman is classic. It's the greatest. Yeah, it's the greatest. What's your name, sir? <laughs> and uh, all that. And uh, and uh, and he keeps saying all this stuff like uh, he's like, I'm going to come down there and I'm going to get all this. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, shut up, shut up. Shut up! Shut! 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 Shut up! <laughs> it's it's one of the best performances I've ever seen him do, and he's only in like maybe five minutes of screen yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so uh, but he like working out of the back of a mattress shop yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. he's working yeah. a mattress shop, and he's got this sex line stuff going on in the back where his office is and everything. Uh, but uh, the, the movie is just like it's it's sweet, but it's got that anger to yes. it. And, and, uh, and we root for him. We root for Emily Watson because she's so understanding mm-hmm. and so good. She may not even be a real person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's how good she is. Yeah. But, uh, but she is absolutely fantastic in that. And, uh, I can't recommend it enough. It's not one of those movies that if you like Paul Thomas Anderson, you might, you might like put in the a list of all of his best or anything like that but i think it i think it has an argument oh yeah oh yeah um and uh and it's got that i think it's the shelly duvall uh he needs me popeye song oh yeah yeah that goes throughout yeah, it yeah. yeah and uh it's it's a movie it's an hour and a half it's an hour and a half mm-hmm. it's the shortest paul thomas anderson movie you can get your hands on uh and it's and it's wonderful and i can't recommend it enough i saw an interview the other day yesterday tarantino's good buddies with pt anderson and said i was so intrigued because the headline was uh the one mistake quentin tarantino says paul thomas anderson has ever made in his films and i thought this is going to be deep (laughs) and it's not deep at all it's actually very silly and nitpicky and tarantino should have started cinema since his gripe is in boogie nights yeah 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 because the burt reynolds character is so similar to a real life porn director 
Mm. Yeah. But when the Burt Reynolds character looks at the cop porn that they make, Brock Landers, and says, this is the finest work we've ever done or whatever, Tarantino hates that part because the real director that he thinks this guy's based on would never have said that in oh, real life. Because he, he took it seriously, right? Yeah. Like he actually made good movies or what he thought were good movies. Well, he thinks in real life the guy knew... He would never have said, this is our finest right, work. Right, right, right. Um, regardless, that's a dumb reason. That's not a mistake. Yeah. That's not a filmmaking mistake. Yeah, yeah. That's you, your obsession with one little detail. This is ex- exactly what CinemaSins <laughs> is all about, by the yeah. way. Uh, anyway, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, that is fascinating. And 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 unfortunately, it would have been more fascinating if he had could come up, could have come up with something more substantial. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating that it's that ridiculous but it would have been way more to come up with something <laughs> and insightful. he has by the way responded um to the criticism about bruce lee in once upon a time in hollywood yeah and basically defended his actions and said his wife and his mother both said that he said he could beat muhammad ali like he was known to brag a bit hmm. so anyway that that's still going you never but. see tarantino backing even the whole uma thurman thing like he he didn't necessarily apologize for that it's no. just like this is what happened and whatever. I mean, I think he's pretty clearly in I can do what I want territory. And he probably can. He probably he's been can. grandfathered in to where his performance in Pulp Fiction is perfectly, you know, fine for most people. There is uh, not to say that anything that he has done or anything that were, if someone happens to work with him, it justifies what he did on Kill Bill. I'm not trying to justify anything, but it is kind of an interesting dynamic that Maya Hawk was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and you know that's her mom. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did all of that come out before she was in the movie, or did it come out after? And she's just like, I'm a working actress. I'm going to have to do. A, I'm going to do a job. Or was that sort of a through gritted teeth? I'm going to do this type of thing. From my understanding, it it got somewhat resolved right well yeah i don't think uma's mad at him anymore Mm. um because he eventually provided the tape that she wanted and and like he called her after all that the the stuff hit the press and all that stuff too he just didn't apologize in the press yeah i think they talked and they may have like resolved things because that was the that was a a weird dynamic seeing her in that movie because if that was a if that was a long-standing thing like i don't think if i was you know somebody's kid who's growing who's grown up and is ready to you know and i heard that story i'd want to work with him if mm-hmm. that was the case yeah but no i guess everything was resolved yeah mm-hmm. right. anyway punch drunk love perfect date movie yeah Ooh, yeah well, maybe <laughs> oh totally maybe. i i got my balls blown off <laughs> <laughs> Ah, all right it's one of those movies though it's like it's a it's it's a romantic it's a romantic comedy drama whatever that has it's it's elevated way above oh, yeah oh, those yeah. things that you've ever seen like paul thomas anderson camera work is all the way through it the score the score is cr- incredible and everything it's just a movie that i don't know if it's forgotten these days because it does have a criterion and everything i think people generally know that it's that it's there but i don't i don't hear enough about it nope so anyway uh i want to recommend a movie i just watched yesterday on hbo called share okay no hello Mm s-h-a-r-e um it came out in january 2019 i think it was at sundance and hbo bought it um this is a movie 
that would be a good double feature with another HBO film called The Tale that I've raved about before. Oh. In that they both deal with how someone deals with a sexual abuse or assault. Hmm. This is a completely different type of movie, and it's not as uncomfortable to watch as The Tale. But essentially this movie opens with a girl who has had a night. She's a high schooler. She plays basketball. She was at a party. She got way too drunk. She wakes up basically on her own front porch. She's basically, well, that's really weird. <laughs> I probably shouldn't let that happen again. Then, like, she gets a message from a friend with a video that shows her in a state of undress, and you can hear multiple guys, and they're making jokes about how she's so passed out she's dead. Hmm. Does it count if she's dead? Um, and she knows one of the voices, and she knows basically the guy that's doing the filming, and it was a friend of hers, a guy she had a crush on. Hmm. And basically, the whole rest of the movie is everyone reacting to and responding to this. Her pursuit of w the truth. What actually happened to me? There's a They go to the police once her parents find out. Then it starts. Then the video circulates to the whole school. It becomes national news at some point before the movie's over. The reason I want to recommend this movie is that <clears throat> it chooses all the the fringe moments to show you and none of the big beats and it ends up being fascinating that way so there's a moment where she goes to the hardware store with her dad and they run into the dad of the boy that had filmed it hmm. and he tries to apologize for his son's behavior by saying my son also didn't do anything wrong her dad starts shouting at him and it cuts and she's sitting in the car by herself and it's raining and a few seconds later, her dad walks out and gets in the car, and you could tell his face is all beaten up. Oh, shit. So it doesn't show you the confrontation of the two dads fighting, huh. but it shows you her perspective of it, both before and after. She's getting threats. She's getting taunts and threats via text message. The whole movie, you never see one of them. It's just a constant, incessant bing on her phone in the background in scenes, mm. and you know that that's what it is. Um, her parents both react to it in completely different ways. The first three scenes her dad is in, it's got to be on purpose. He gets up halfway through and leaves the room, and she notices. Uh, but again, you don't see the full police interview where she's laying out what might have happened. or the. You see just the part where her dad gets up and walks out, and she notices her dad just left. Hmm. And it's fascinating. The, the, the girl lead, I, I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen any of these actors. The, the mom... Her mom, I know I've seen in something before, um, but she gives a great performance. Um, she ends up she ends up getting kicked off the basketball team for drinking Oh, in the in the wake of all this. Mm. Um, and then the police have trouble recovering the phones. And then when they get the phones, there's not any new evidence on there and they may not be able to. So now they're looking into a civil case. But if we do that, then they're going to pry into all this and you're going to have to go on TV and but the video the, doesn't show exactly what happened. I'm going to tell you right now, the movie never tells you exactly what happened. The movie is not interested in that. Huh. It's interested in her journey. Huh. And on screen, she finds out, she, she gets sent a video at the very end that is shocking. But it's not the event we've been talking about the whole time. It's something that happened after that. Hmm. And so we don't see what happened. We never know. Wow. The uh, mom appears to have been on the night of. That's mm. probably what That's it is. That's where I know her from. I think she probably played Riz's mom or or the girl, the, pro the prosecutor or the defendant attorney's yeah, mom. Some, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know which one it is either. Uh, other ones on here, I'm not sure I've seen them before, but that's where I would have seen her. So, so. That, I mean, there's, it's just really good acting. And, and I've, I felt like this story 
could have gone cliche about 12 different times. And at every opportunity, instead of showing us what the obvious thing would be, they chose to skip it and show us what happened right afterwards. And mm. I, I found that very fascinating. There's even a scene where the first, like, basically, you find out she got kicked off the team and kicked out of school for drinking. Nobody's been kicked out of school for assault at this point. Mm. And the next shot is her in the kitchen making a ham and cheese sandwich and hmm. eating it. Hmm. And it's just the the little moments while she deals with this big thing. Huh. Uh, I really, I was pretty gripped. My wife even came into the room and said, I haven't heard anything from you in a while. I was like, I'm really into this movie. Go away. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I'm going to uh, check that out. Yeah, I would recommend it uh, very strongly. Mm. There you go. Here's one that I would not recommend very strongly, but if you're if you're if you're on drugs mm-hmm. or if you're in a weird mood or both, and I usually both apply am. to me. <laughs> uh, so under the Silver Lake came oh. on Amazon Prime. I've been wanting to see this oh. for is, the exact reason that you just brought up. Just yeah. like like I I know it's not going to be great, but I want to see the weirdness. <sighs> okay, so I, back in Sin Week in March. Uh, Aaron Dicer was on our panel and, and warned this movie as hard as I've ever seen him warn a movie. Uh, he said it was garbage. He said it was, it was nonsensical. Mm-hmm. He said it was not worth his time. He also said, Barrett, I think you would love it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and he's kind of right. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of right. Uh, Okay, and and Aaron, I'll give him all the credit too. He said this is very much like Inherent Vice to me. He hates Inherent Vice mm-hmm. uh, because he doesn't feel like it has a, a a narrative throughput. It doesn't have like you know a resolution. It doesn't have a meaning. Uh, it doesn't have a journey. Uh, that's very much like Under the Silver Lake, except Under the Silver Lake does have somewhat of a journey it's a matter of whether you want to go along for the ride Mm -hmm. andrew garfield i will say is spectacular maybe his best performance Mm -hmm. uh he is this slacker loser um who lives in la in silver lake and who becomes over the course of maybe an hour hanging out with his neighbor played by riley kia 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 uh kio 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 (laughs) yeah um it becomes infatuated with her because she disappears in the morning, mm-hmm. and so he sees uh, he sees people come and take her effects out of her apartment later on, and so he embarks on this whole mission to figure out where she went, and it it involves uh, being uh, being connected to that this. Sounds like a John Green novel. Yeah, it kind of does. Isn't oh. there one where a girl goes? It's Cara Delevingne or whatever. Uh, she goes yeah, missing. Paper towns. Paper yeah, towns. paper towns. But uh, this is. The polar opposite of that. But I mean, the setup is, is, sounds the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also, it features, it, it, they're connected to the, like the most powerful guy in LA. Uh, it's, 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 uh, also connected to a rock band called Jesus and the Brides of Dracula. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a major plot point in this. And the guy who plays Jesus is, is just a character. And it's also features one of the most disgusting scenes I've seen in a while. But, <laughs> other than that, other than that, this movie's bonkers as hell. Knows it's bonkers as hell. Uh, he starts seeing patterns and everything, but it's not the number twenty-three. It's he starts seeing like codes and things like that. He 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 figures out like the Illuminati stuff and like the super high powerful people and all that stuff, and it all comes to a head in a hilarious way. Uh, I would warn this. It's it's kind of long. It probably needs to be edited. It uh, is problematic. I see why it had such a weird release, 
because it's certainly almost unmarketable. Uh, but if you're in the mood for an inherent vice type of movie with a lot of pretty people, mm-hmm. Topher Grace is in this, Jimmy Simpson's in it, um, a lot of beautiful uh, uh, Zosia Mamet. Zosia. Uh, Z- Zosia, yeah. Zosia. Uh, Grace Van Patten. Girls. Girls was yeah, yeah. Zosia Mamet. Uh, Callie Hernandez. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, it's just, it's just, it's just fun. Oh, I knew this guy had done something we all liked. It's the guy that made It Follows. Yeah. Made this movie. Yeah, David Robert Mitchell. What a weird turn. Yeah. This is, this is just all kinds of fun, but it is not for everybody. Some will be like Aaron. We'll watch it and we'll say, Barrett, what the fuck are you I'm pretty doing? sure the Maltons watched it and tweeted, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of a. <laughs> I totally, totally understand that. But it's it. This is this type of thing is up my alley. Now it's 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 objectively bad. Okay, but but I dig it. All right, yeah, fair enough. At least yeah. you put the worn part in there and yeah, not, yeah. not full Rekka. We had uh, we had uh, had these recommends and warns for a while, and I hadn't really seen um, much anything else. So when I put on for my warn, I put Piercing, a movie called Piercing. Hmm. Uh, that has uh, Christopher Abbott, who's also in Girls, plays uh, Allison Williams' first boy boyfriend. That's in that. Oh yeah, the uh, he's like a the dreamy wavy hair guy. Yeah, yeah. that's in there, and it's also got uh, Mia Vasikowska. Oh, uh, uh, from, from uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. It? it's a very strange movie. It's a definite warn for me, although I had gotten it recommended to me, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, a warn for me now i don't remember everything that happens in this all i know is that christopher abbott plays this guy who leaves his wife like he he's he's in a loving relationship with his wife and kids though his wife is played by lia costa who's in um duck butter oh yeah, with, yeah. Uh, and uh she's also in that movie that i can't think of right now that i saw on movie that had the one continuous shot for an hour and a half oh, oh yeah, yeah she's in that too uh but he leaves her and he goes to this hotel and he uh he calls for a prostitute and you're like okay this is dude gonna cheat on his wife type of thing whatever uh and uh the girl that he requests isn't available so the service sends mia vasikowska to come and be this person and he wants to kill her not have sex with her Hmm. and so like there i guess like it's he's they're gonna start off with like something but then she runs off into the bathroom crying doesn't get we don't get the full thing and she goes into the bathroom starts crying and then there's like this like this sort of like she does she know that that's what he called her here for does is she gonna try to kill him uh type of thing and just to like a, a lot of like you know conversations where you're like oh does she know <laughs> i don't know if she knows or not that type of thing and i just you it's one of those movies that leaves you puzzled by <laughs> the end of it you're just like what did i just watch i don't understand <laughs> anything that just happened in this movie <laughs> sounds awesome uh, uh i'm gonna have to i may have to watch it again even though i remember see we did these I think this was like four weeks ago. I think we had some of these recommended and warns and I had this one loaded up and I was like, I got to talk about this. And now four weeks later, I'm like, wait a minute. What was, I can't remember anything about this movie, <laughs> but I remember it, itself, but though. I remember it sucked and I wanted to warn it. If I really wanted to warn something though, that I know a lot about and have, 
have a fresh memory of it's the curse of la llorona oh yeah Ooh. uh it was like sort of they i guess they tried to make this a conjuring universe uh connection uh and uh and they, they came out i think it was what uh, maybe april it came out with this movie i mm. can't remember what it was uh but um they tried to make this conjuring connection and there's really not much it's almost like in fact i can almost guarantee maybe i can't guarantee but that it, it was one of those movies that wasn't a conjuring universe and then they're like oh we can make it one let's hire this actor who was in annabelle to play the priest again ah. and he'll be in it but it's like two scenes and not really needed. He's, I mean, he provides like one bit of exposition that she needs and like, oh yeah. And by the way, I can't do this, but maybe Tuco from Breaking Bad can. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, and so like, so this movie is about, uh, it shows this woman at the beginning in 17th century Mexico who gets a necklace from her son and then her son does it like they're like dancing in this field and then suddenly the son's by himself and he's like what happened he runs into the woods and he finds his mom drowning his brother oh and he's like oh okay and then it just cuts to 1973 la after that and uh, of course the woman who drowned the kids is the uh la llorona which is spanish is for the weeping woman oh. um and uh and so like it, the uh the now that now la llorona has infected two more kids and we don't know why this is we just know that linda cardellini is a social services person mm -hmm. she goes out to talk to talk to the mom because the two kids haven't been in school for a week or something and uh she may have to take the kids away from her and all that but then the mom's like no you can't come in here you can't no, okay okay you <laughs> they got the law yorona yeah yeah and he come they she comes in and like she finds that linda carlina cardellini finds this door and it's like oh you can't go behind this door and we find out that's where the kids are and she's been protecting them from la llorona this whole time of course as a social services worker of course she's like well you just locked your kids in a closet and they have burns on their arm so you know you know this, that ain't good that ain't good uh the kids uh do eventually though get killed by la Llorona, and Ooh. the curse moves on to linda cardellini and her kids oh, oh fucking curses i know yeah. and uh and none of this shit makes any sense the entire time none so, of the, the reason why the reason why she's going after them doesn't make any sense like there's even a thing in there they they throw in they throw in this one explanation that's like whoa wait a minute is she crazy or is that really the reason why she's coming after them right oh, now no. it's one of those where you're like i don't know i don't oh. know what to think because both could be true <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and it's and it goes like it goes it hits every beat that every demon movie does at this point forward Yeesh. the demon never just goes ahead and accomplishes the goal you know how in the other demon movies like a lot of people when they would see a sins video they'd say well the reason why the demon can't do this stuff right now is because he has to build up his strength and he has to weaken the hosts and, or the or you know he's got to weaken the people in the house and and that's that's the only time he can take them and everything 
La Llorona has already killed two kids yeah. and is already should be like full on, yeah. you know, ready to go. Fully erect. Fully erect. And uh, and should be ready to go and ready to kill kids. There's points where she's like drowning kids and like stops for no reason. <laughs> nice. And then comes back and does it again. Ooh. And you're like, wait, well, why? What did you go for the last 20 seconds? <laughs> Maybe she had to pee. She, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought of many Even reasons. Demons have to pee. I yeah, thought she, of many reasons why she could have just why she left. And uh, I don't know, peeing is just as good as any. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's such a bare bare threat. This is something where I feel like if you're in charge of a universe, and I believe James Wan is, he maybe he maybe in name only. I don't know, mm. but I would feel like if I was James Wan, I would be like, I don't want this to be a part of the universe. Because it doesn't have any connection to really any of the other movies. I mean, mm. Annabelle, kind of, but not nothing. Nothing supernaturally is connected to Conjuring or Annabelle or any of the other movies that have come out. So, yeah, uh, I, I I really really hated it. <laughs> I hated it a lot. Hmm. Yeah, right. I will stay away. Yeah, it's very bad. Mm. I was gonna watch it tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I only have another recommend. All right. I, I, I did not come angry this week. <laughs> nice. Drive uh, angry. I, I recently caught the uh, Stan and Ollie movie with ah. John C. Riley and Steve Coogan. Saw this on a plane. Um, it is not necessary viewing, <laughs> but it is charming yeah. and delightful. It shines the most when these two actors are actually recreating real uh, Laurel and Hardy routines because they fucking nail it. Yeah. Um, and when it shines the least is when we go off stage and see them interact together. Um, I feel like John C. Riley got more attention when it came out because he had more makeup. Yeah. Um, but Coogan's really good in this. I and, think Coogan's the best part of this. And one of the things that stood out to me, one of the reasons I'm making this a recommend is uh, basically there's this boiling issue between the two of them the whole movie uh they're both bitter over a break in their partnership from earlier in their career and they both think it's the other one's fault and that finally they the movie is just almost just like farewell tour they're old they're past their prime they're in england scrounging up whatever audiences will come see them um and they finally have it out in this big dining hall and reception after their show and they don't raise their voice one bit huh like they're having the end, a potential ending of the friendship. You ruined my life. You ruined my career. And they never scream at each other and raise their voice. And it's so rare for a bunch of reasons. One, I think the time period was such that they would have culturally known to keep it down more mm -hmm. in a public setting anyway. But, but two, a lot of times movies think that angry people have to yell. That's the only way I can show I'm angry. And these two actors do it great mm. with no. Well, raising of the voice or shouting or anything and not only that they make it seem like it's a part of the shtick when they're pe when people do yes do start getting uh a, like wondering what's going on because they are talking intensely enough yeah. that you know and so then they make it seem like it's almost like oh it's just part of a joke that they're doing yeah you know uh yeah i agree with you on this it's one of those it's not required viewing mm -hmm. by any means but you see see two guys who are really good at acting and it's a fun story yeah. and you know it's it's uh it's comfort food it mm -hmm. caused me to do research because i didn't know but after um which one's hardy john oh, c Riley, yeah and laurel is and laurel steve was coogan. steve coogan mm -hmm. yeah so after hardy died 
the real life Laurel kept writing material for the two of them. Spoilers. All the way up until he died. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Just because that was how important their friendship was to him. Hmm. That even though my, my comedy partner is gone, I'm still driven to write material for us to do. Oh. Yeah. That was neat. Anyway, oh, I yeah. recommend the film, but don't, you know, I would I would more highly recommend the other one I recommended. Sure. Mm. But this is a good one, and uh, I enjoyed it. Delightful. Um, all right. Well, uh, that'll do it for this week. Keep going to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. Uh, we have uh, CinemaSins Twitter, uh, MVS Twitter, SoundCloud. Uh, let's pimp up some Patreon, guys. Yes. Uh, become a member. There are four tiers, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, five tiers mm-hmm. um, of membership where you get access to not only all of our content early, so this podcast, you could be listening to it on Sunday or so. Uh, the videos themselves for Music Video Sins, TV Sins, and for Cinema Sins, all early. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. We have to, uh, a, a monthly hangout. We do bonus pods. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so, so check join it out. Up, join uh, you know, see if it's uh, your bag, your cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, patreon.com slash cinemasins. Yeah. And we also have a discord, uh, where, uh, pay, uh, people who are part of our Patreon have access to all the channels. Uh, but if you wanted to just get on there and get onto at least half of the channels, uh, I can give you a link through Facebook. If you want to come through the private, uh, messaging system there, I can give you a link to discord as well. If you want to comment about the episodes or about anything, really, there's a lot of channels on that, but mm-hmm. anyway, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Uh, I would very much recommend the third season of glow it is i keep hearing awesome. it's the best one yet and it, i haven't ever seen glow at all it has me absolutely because it's it's funny it's it's like a dramedy right there, there's there are a lot of like interpersonal con conflicts and stuff but then there's there's a scene right at the beginning where mark Marin, he's the director they're doing a vegas show they're doing a live show and he's running through all the cues and like okay so this happens and then you know the the follow spot on the, over here uh, you know, the flags come down for America and stuff like that. And the way that he goes through all these cues and the way that they're just dress rehearsaling it and not really going through the actual thing is the funniest shit I've seen in fucking years. Huh. It is hilarious. Huh. I don't even know who else is in that show. Uh, the girl that was in the hunt that was canceled. Cat Dennings. No, no. <laughs> the fuck. Betty Gilpin. Betty Gilpin. Yeah they start talking about like boob sizes because they're talking about showgirls and they're like you want a breast that fits perfectly in a champagne flute <laughs> do you though i don't <laughs> wouldn't that be like <laughs> it sounds good that sounds more like a penis than a breast <laughs> well no a champagne a, a glass not a champagne flute oh it's a flute and i thought well that's tiny that's a that's a very long skinny boob and i don't i mean i don't know whose ideal that is if you say it with a straight face, people will believe anything. It's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> That's true. It's a Costanza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, give me more. Give me more. More, more. Give me more. <laughs> you know what? That uh, was on her. Was that the name of the album? Hmm. Uh, what was no, it? but this was the album that had like 
toxic, right? Mm-mm. No? Uh, I don't think so. Womanizer? No, that was on Circus. Why do you know that? Because I know <laughs> fucking Britney Spears stuff. Um, what, what album was that from? It was called oh, Blackout, 2007. And it had, what was the track list? Um, yeah, Give Me More Piece of Me, Break the Ice were the, the three singles. Um, it's a terrible album. Okay. This is right after she came back. She had all the, the weaves and all that, mm-hmm. stu- that stuff. Uh, she was d- dancing like a like a so toxic came stripper. before this. Toxic came before this okay. on on the one that had slave for you and okay. all that stuff. Uh, I forget uh, what that name was, but then Circus came out in 2010 or something like that. But this uh, Blackout album is getting like retroactive love, like it's a goddamn like masterpiece. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like uh, so. This is 2007, 2017. Everybody was tweeting about. Oh, this is such an underrated record. It's so good. Fuck it. It's awful. It's awful. I remember when, before it came out, there was an early leak of Gimme More mm-hmm. that turned out to be fake, right. where somebody had taken T.I. rapping <laughs> and put it over the beginning, and it sounded badass. <laughs> um, and I was kind of excited. And then the real song came out, and I was like, oh, there's no T.I. That was actually this other T.I. song. <laughs> Jeremy believed a blog, but it was cool. I'm going to have to find that <laughs> mashup. Yeah. No, she this- come out with a website called Jeremy believed a blog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, boy. yeah no that was awful but then the circus was fan fucking tastic man it had womanizer it had um uh it had uh hold it against me uh and circus all lies on me just like a circus if you see kami that's on that one too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> baby i know i know my britney <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh shit boy I- don't try to front i uh-uh, didn't <laughs> just show you all <laughs> Boy, don't try to front. I, I know just what you are. Ooh. <laughs> I know you're crazy. <laughs> gotcha, crazy. <laughs> okay, it had it had Womanizer, Circus, huh? Out From Under, which was good, huh? Shattered Glass, yeah. If You Seek Amy, <laughs> Uh, and then it it wasn't hey, on this wait. album. F U C K me. He finally like, got it for unlawful carnal mm. knowledge. Wait a minute. Um, and then she had the Till the World Ends uh, single that came out in between either after this or before this. Remember that? Keep on dancing till the world ends. If you feel it, let it happen. Keep on dancing till... Nope. That F.U.C.K. Me song was on regular radio. Yes, all of the girls and all of the boys are dying to F.U.C.K. Me. I can't believe they. I mean, that's that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I get it. The <laughs> censors like can't technically say that's a swear. That's like that new Ed Sheeran, Chris Stapleton, Bruno Mars song, "Blow," which is basically just the lyrics might as well be, "Here's my semen." Oh, <laughs> fuck! <laughs> Have you heard this? No. I what? What did I say? It was like a Billy Squire song. You said it was "Love Gun." <laughs> Yes, only not as subtle. <laughs> <laughs> that Never. shit with Sean William Scott and role models always makes me laugh when he's teaching that kid about Kiss and he's like, you know, he's like, this band in the 70s, they used to write all these songs about fucking. He's <laughs> 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 like, he's like, Love Gun, you know, that's about that guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs> My Rick Warren has a hilarious sex scene with uh ricky lindholm just I, fyi oh yeah i love ricky lindholm uh it's she's always it's funny in, as hell she's always she's one of the rare 
this is going to sound i don't know maybe glib i don't know she does she's done a lot of nude scenes but very rarely do women do nude scenes and they're supposed to be funny Mm. and she does she does them like that she oh, does yeah? funny nude scenes oh my god she's in a movie that's awful called uh oh god what is it called it's like the it's demon baby i think it's what it's called something like that that sounds like an awful um, movie uh, <laughs> it's something it's something like some like good people actually made but like it's not very good um uh but there's a point where uh who is it that comes into the i'm gonna look this movie up real quick i'm sorry to derail your stan and ollie with the sex joke that's okay it was funny because um, wouldn't it be funny if stan and ollie had a it's sex called scene like an orgy the, yeah. It, yeah it's called hell baby ah. um and uh and it was uh it was robert ben garant and thomas lennon who wrote and directed that's it that's funny uh but uh there's a scene where rob cardry goes into a bathroom and ricky lindholm who's his like sister-in-law or whatever comes out just completely naked and 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 she, he's like whoa 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 and 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 you know and she's like she's like hey hey jack how's it going and just like sitting there just talking to him completely naked and he's like you got a nice dick jack you know <laughs> <laughs> And just stuff like Hell that, baby. Jesus yeah, but the movie is awful. It's got a, <laughs> it's got a four point nine on the uh, IMDb. Well, uh, it's a shame we don't have time for questions, but that was fun. Yeah.